All right, Justin. It's not Justin. Holy fuck, I almost fucked it up. It's Heather. All right, Heather. You can tell I'm super prepped for our 200th episode here. <laughs> uh, all right, Heather. Pick a letter, A, B, C, D, or E. Mm. Let's go with, we'll go with C. Movie trivia. Okay, I've got one. Um, Did you guys know that there's a, a horror movie version of Winnie the Pooh coming out? Nope, did not know that. Yes, I've been seeing people share something about that on social media, but I wasn't sure if it was a joke or if it was real. It's legit. Are you telling me that's really happening? Apparently, the reason why they could do it is apparently Winnie the Pooh went to public domain this year. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Disney can't do shit. And so, yeah, it's about Winnie the Pooh and Piglet seeking revenge against Christopher Robin because he abandoned them. And apparently because they were abandoned and had to fend for themselves, they went feral. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and Why it are they looks, public domain now? Uh, it's the amount of time. Technically, public domain happens... It's like, I think it's changed so many times and it's Disney's the reason why it changed. Don't get anything confused. Disney is the reason why so much shit is not in public domain because they don't want to lose Mickey Mouse. Because Mickey Mouse is their big property that is on public domain's death doorstep like every three years, like because he's fucking old, you know? Uh, but you got to think Winnie the Pooh technically falls under public domain because it was a book series first. Disney okay. optioned the book series, the book series, though. I want to say it's now it's like 60 or 70 years after the original uh, trademark owner. Is it trademark for that or copyright? Yeah, one of those fucking terms. Um, it's like 70 or 80 years after they die that it becomes public domain that applies to books, music, characters, all that stuff. It all becomes public domain after a certain amount of time. Like I said, Disney has been pushing and changing public domain laws constantly because of Mickey mouse. Cause the timer started when Walt Disney died, you know, and okay. Yeah. So they constantly keep getting them pushed because how can the house of mouse lose the mouse? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's funny that they are so stringent on getting that pushed and pushed and pushed. How much Disney exists because of public domain though? Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, The Little Mermaid, Technically uh, frozen. All those stories exist because public domain on those properties. That's true. So that is a bit of bitter irony in a way. Yeah, they have right. made their company off using public domain things. And 
yet they're the ones constantly fighting for extensions on public domain properties. Weirdly enough, Disney is the reason why Elvis, uh, Elvis's music is not public domain yet. Like Disney's the reason why it would have been public domain. I think the originally, I want to say it was like 20 or 30 years was the original, hey, this is now public domain. But they fought and fought and fought. And yeah, it's all because of Mickey Mouse and their original Disney characters. Hmm. Interesting. So. Okay. I did not know that. Um, so yeah, so they can do this Winnie the Pooh horror movie now because like I said, it technically be, it's not because of anybody at Disney. It's the author of the book died, you know, you know how many ever years ago. So it's, that's why Winnie the Pooh hit public domain. So, yeah. So now, yes, there's a horror movie version of it. And apparently they shot it in like 10 days. <laughs> that's like no time. Dude, that's that's like just like that the first the Saw quality. movie. <laughs> yeah. That's just like the first Saw movie. They did that shit so fast. Like they did that shit so fast that when they did reshoots, uh, they didn't have some of the people. So they had to do some bullshit like, you know, the scene where the woman has to dig through the, 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 the dead man's body to get the key out to release the reverse bear trap. Yeah. Yeah. Those hands aren't the woman's hands. Uh, the reporter that's down in the dungeon with uh, Carrie Yule's character. That's actually his hands. Because he's like the co-writer director of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's his hands digging through the the guy's body. So, yeah. Yes. You're full of fun facts today. I am. I'm, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super stoked about uh, Winnie the Pooh. Blood and Honey. Also, is that not the most perfect name for a Winnie the Pooh horror movie? That's amazing, actually. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, it just feels like fucking weird horror movie perfection. And they fucking look grotesque as shit, too, and it's amazing. Like Piglet, they're not using, like, it's not like Piglet, Piglet. It's like Piglet if he was abandoned for 30 years and he's not now a full-grown pig. Piglet. That's going to be interesting. Hmm. And are the other characters in it, like Eeyore and Tigger, are they in it too? As far as I know, they just did Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Okay. Because they kind of okay. just weirdly came up with the idea and shot a movie. Like I don't think they were like, man... We need to get a donkey mask. We need to get a tiger mask. We need to. But dude, think about the sequels, though. <laughs> Eeyore's Revenge. There you go. Tigger's man. Triple you Threat. Man, you're just lining up sequels. You got to <laughs> reveal them on the end credits, man. That's how, That's where right. it's at. Yeah, I'd have an in-credit scene the where in, they reveal. The in-credit of this is Eeyore being, he's like, now I'm extra sad that I have to kill Christopher Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of it, the, at the end of that one, it's Tigger just, you know, bouncing around. 
setting up the third. Man, it's going to be great. Man, all a the tiger bouncing after you, laughing, coming to eat you is scary as hell. Especially because right. I know, and I know Justin has seen this video. And how I know Justin's seen this video, I don't know how I know this, but I know he has. I know you've seen that video of those people in India on the elephant. And they're just going and it just shows the grass. And then out of nowhere, a tiger ninjutsu's his like out of the grass and jumps on top of the elephant, murdering one of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've seen that video. I, like I said, I don't know how I know you've seen it. I just, I just had this feeling. I knew you've seen it. Think about that. But the tiger like has just even more bounce. Like tigers already have a 12 foot vertical. Give them more bounce. Yeah, that'll be crazy. The scariest damn movie monster ever. I know, man. I don't even I don't even want to think about that. I mean, that is just how heavy they are, how strong they are, and then this one bounces everywhere. You can't run. I mean, it'll just bounce and be in front of you like you're dead. So, yeah, they got to do that one. That's got to be one of the sequels for sure. Dude, they need to be in like a like a 20-story apartment building running up the stairs and they think that they're like they're on like the 20th floor going, "Man, I think we're far enough away." And they just see him bounce up through the middle of the stairwell and stare at him. Oh no. And yeah. He's like, "Woo!" And then they start running again and then he's just like bounces and just lands right where they were. Man. Yeah, Man. and what was his laugh that you could you can make that spooky. You know what I mean? Just imagine an echo of that. Dude. But all well, yeah. spooky like. Well, think about that laugh right there echoing in a stairwell. Man. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, maybe, you, maybe you're right. Maybe you just keep it the iconic laugh, but that's like the, the harbinger. That's like, oh, no, he's coming. And right. you got to get out of there before it's too late. That sounds really creepy. Because really why is this sounding now? like a great idea? Yeah, oh, right. No. Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's utterly Man. fucking fantastic is why. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder because I don't know. Were was like Tigger and Eeyore, were they in the first Winnie the like the Winnie the Pooh book? I don't know. Because that actually could be why they might not be in it. If the first book only had like Eeyore and Piglet, maybe some of the other characters aren't public domain yet. Mm, yeah, that could be. Could that be. That actually could be why. Or also, like I said, they were like, fuck, we've got five people, two of us in costumes. Let's go. <laughs> Either way. There is a valid reason. Yeah. yeah I'm super stoked about it. Yeah, that's going to be a must watch. <laughs> Um, also side note, did either one of you guys see the, uh, the trailer for the Idris Elba movie beast? I have not. No, I haven't. Oh man. That looks amazing too. It honestly, Justin, it looks like a, it looks like crawl, like a new version of crawl. So, uh, Ooh. it's Idris Elba goes to Africa with his two daughters. Cause like apparently their, their mother that was dead. There's a cat of mine. Um, 
like they had spent time in Africa or whatever. And so like they go to visit her and they're all like on a safari or whatever. And then there's just like this man eating lion that's just chasing them down constantly. And it's like mm-hmm. doing that shit of like it's killing people but not eating them. So they're like, uh oh, this is some abnormal lion shit. So it's just them running from a lion the whole movie. I'm fucking stoked about that too. That sounds cool. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. Dude, especially just if they do just like crawl, comes in in a sweet hour and 36 minutes or something. Man, sign me the fuck up. Which I can now contribute to the crawl conversation because I did actually finally watch that movie. So like 27 years too late. (laughs) Hey, better late than never. But I understand what you're saying. It's a very good movie. Yeah. As far as like, like real life animal horror goes, it kind of set the bar for me. Yeah. Like as much as I love arachnophobia, a lot of arachnophobia is bullshit when it comes to actual spiders. You know, so it's not as realistic when it comes to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand why people are still scared of that movie because, you know, spiders are creepy crawlers. You know, but there's a reason why the spider they use in that movie is why they use it. Not really venomous, you know, so that and they make it a fake spider also. You know, it's it's those types of things that for me personally detaches itself a little bit from the, you know, like real life animal horror type of genre. To me, it's like a historical fiction version of it. You know, they just get some ideas of it. But yeah, Crawl, man, I love it. And I'm looking forward to the beast. And that just kind of reminded me of what we were talking about with Tigger. That's what actually reminded me of that. Because you get to see this lion like running and jumping and like, Slamming into the car and shit like that. Super cool. Maybe they'll like M. Night Shyamalan it and like that's the secret sequel to <laughs> the, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a tiger. He's just a lion. And while lions Fair are enough. scary, don't get me wrong. Lions are scary. They are nowhere near as scary as a fucking tiger. Nowhere near as scary. Man. I mean, tigers are bigger, faster, louder, deadlier, man. And let's be real. They look a little bit cooler, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the tiger is one of the coolest looking animals. Especially when, sure. you, especially when you find out they're striped because their skin is striped. Like, that's not a fur pattern. That's their skin. Like, their skin is striped. Like, you shave a lion, it looks like one of my cats. You shave a tiger, it just looks like a bald tiger. It's still very much a tiger. Yeah, that is cool. I was just now picturing a bald tiger. <laughs> yeah, but it's still striped. And on top of that, too, like the thing that blows my mind with tigers is how the fuck does something that's orange and black disappear in green shit? They are also voodoo wizards, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they hide so incredibly well. Like, they're just a, a, just one of those amazing animals. Like, it's just, yeah, they're definitely like on my top list. I guess everybody might have a top list of animals 
they're definitely on mine. Like the way that they hunt, the way they can camouflage themselves, how big and strong they are. They're just, and, and like you said, they're awesome to look at. They're, they're just like the complete package, you know. To me, they're 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 pretty much second to just hyenas. Like I love hyenas. Like I will always back a hyena, you know. Um, but if I was realistic about it, if a tiger and a hyena fought, it'd be a, you know, it'd be just a, a murder fest. Um, you know, the tiger would just demolish the hyena. I mean, so would a lion. A lot of the big cats would. Like you get a pack of hyenas. On the other hand, that's when they get scary. It's the packs. Singular hyenas are nowhere near as terrifying as packs of hyenas. Because even a pack of hyena will make a lion go, nah, I'm out. But see, and it's it's that I think like, you know, I've always kind of liked tigers. Like that video I was talking about earlier, though. That's what made me go, holy fuck, tigers are the scariest animals ever. Because that tiger, you could tell by the time you see it, that tiger had been running. And you don't like... You're like, how did I not see it before then? And I and I love it too, because and I feel kind of bad because you know this guy died. Um, you don't see him die in the video, but no, the guy did die. When that tiger finally first shows and it's about to jump, that guy just kind of starts swinging a stick, like it's gonna do a damn fucking thing to that tiger. But I get it. You've got to do something, you know, to maybe save your life because being on top of an elephant is not good enough and then that tiger just you know michael jordan jump mans up to the top of that elephant where those people are sitting and you, and dude and you, and you when you see its claws when its fucking claws are out and you're just like damn just death Like, it just blows my damn mind. That video just will forever be in my head. Man, I'm going to have to watch it after this podcast again. Like I said, I watched it earlier today. I'm going to have to watch it again. Oh. I know now you're making me want to watch it again. (laughs) I'll send it to you guys after this. that was crazy. But yeah, I don't even think I've met a person who doesn't like tigers or who's like, eh, I don't like... Like, even growing up, just... If you were a kid, you just thought they were so cool. I, I don't even, I, I've never even ran into anybody that, that is like, no, tigers suck or I don't like them or like not even that sentiment. I don't even know if that's a sentiment that exists. Like there are so many tiger mascots and characters. Um, and I'm sure somebody like, you know, whose family got like, or like dad got murdered by a tiger. I'm sure they don't like tigers. Which oh, yeah, well, obviously that, but... But know. they damn sure respect them. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, weird, weird other tiger fact. Did you know there's more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are just tigers, like, in the rest of the world? Nope, didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of sad. It's, it's that Joe Exotic, those, like, those fuckers... Like, it's, like, you know, like, th- that documentary or whatever, that showed a few of them. But, like, in Texas, I think there's more tigers in Texas than I think anywhere else in the United States. Like, 
and it's just people that are quote unquote sanctuaries and they've got like 20 tigers there. Man, that's just despicable. wrong, man. Oh, I know. I know. But for some reason, if Sterling wants to own a couple of hyenas, it's fucking, you know, terrifying. I just <laughs> want two. I'm reasonable. I just want two. And that's it. You know, even even though we did our deconstructing fandom episode, I still I still have the perfect name for like just my pair of hyenas, Avada and Kadavra. Yeah, the fucking killing curse, motherfuckers. <laughs> I think it's perfect. It's pretty clever. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, now that I'm sad because I can't own my hyenas, let's start the episode. Somebody else listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And uh, hello, all of you out in YouTube land. They can see our faces at the moment. Because this is episode 200, and this is more importantly, the most importantly... If that's how you say things, I don't even know anymore. This is our Moon Knight episode. We will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between. With Justin's favorite Best Picture winner, Moon Knight. <laughs> we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section in the description. Uh, I guess, Justin, since you are the resident Moon Knight fan, and it is your favorite Best Picture winner... Ah, uh, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about uh, the Disney Plus series Moon Knight? Okay. Well, I guess that the best way to start is just to preface with um, is that I know of this character just from Marvel Comics and things like that. I mean, w- with Sterling being such a avid fan, how could I not know about the character? But I haven't read this character So, like, all of the intricate details about his origin story or the plot, different things like that, Um, what his weapons are, I vaguely knew a little bit about that. I I barely knew who Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, was. So, going into this series, I my review is just going to be probably from the perspective of, like, just a lot of mainstream fans. I'm... I went in just not really with a lot of knowledge of the character, but I know who Oscar Isaac is. You know, I know what an incredible actor he is. So I guess I could you could say that I was hyped for this for that reason, because I just know what that man is capable of. I mean, he just he's he hasn't disappointed me and he's done a lot of great roles just over the years. And I, I don't even think and it's almost like he's just getting started. Like, I don't even really feel like he's hit like his prime. I think there's still like so much more he can do, but, but, but a very respectable actor, an actor that I 
love to see a lot. So going into this, that was really the only expectation I had. I was just going in hoping that I would get something good from Oscar Isaac. And man, I think overall, um, when I finished the series, I walked away liking it. I I think that this is good. Now, where does it rank with the other MCU um, series that have come out? It's not my favorite one. Um, I'm not even sure that I would put it over any of the other ones that have that have come out. So, I mean, that's going to sound kind of bad to say it's good and then say, but it's my least favorite of the of the ones. But I think maybe some of that just might be my investment in this character. You know, sometimes you tend to value something just depending on, you know, how familiar you are with the property, how invested you are in the character, different things like that. Um, so maybe that's why it's probably lower as far as just where I rank it. It could just be a lot of that. Maybe if I had that fandom part of it, maybe I would like this more, but that is not to say that this doesn't reach the quality of some of those, like, especially like when it comes to, uh, Oscar Isaac's acting, because uh, I mean, after, I mean, you could probably argue that this might be some of the best acting that an MCU protagonist has gotten to do. Like, I think when I look at overall what Oscar Isaac was asked to do here, the different characters he was asked to play, the different personalities that he had to play, and just how the story kind of unwinds itself, like, it got to the point to where Oscar Isaac could give a look, and I would know whether it was Mark or Steven, like it got to that point to where he could just do a certain thing with his eyes or he would have a certain mannerism before he said anything and you heard the accent or anything, you knew who it was. And I mean, I can't even put into words how amazing that is like for an actor to be able to do that and to be able to do that consistency and to bring a believability to two different people while this story is going on. So bravo to him, man. A lot was on his shoulders and I think he delivers. Um, Overall, I think the story, it, it was different enough. It's weird in, in a lot of ways. It's very different. Um, It, it takes place in, in a different place. You know, most of this is taking place in Egypt. So the change of scenery was nice just compared to what we've gotten from other uh, Marvel series. So I think that was a nice change of pace. Um, all the stuff about the Egyptian gods and the lore and stuff like that. I liked all of that. I liked some of the, so I've read some of the stories and studied some of the Egyptian gods and stuff like that. So it was nice to see some of that stuff represented here. Um, and overall, I think the story was good. I think it was effective for the story that they were trying to tell. And I thought that the the ending, um, all things considered, and then also the sort of ending uh, credit scene that we get at the end, I think it all came together nicely. Um, so overall, just being a first time kind of, this is like the most I've delved into anything Moon Knight. But I really like this story. And if the comics are anything like what this story was, 
I feel like I might have missed out on something. Like, this might be a character that I need to read more of because the dynamic was very, very interesting. And, you know, now there are other characters with kind of a similar dynamic, like Venom comes to mind as far as there being like a two person, like these two different things, but they exist in one kind of exist in one body or they're kind of um, together, so to speak. But if anything, this was like Venom done right. Like, I feel like if the Venom movies are a bad version of this, where you kind of have two people kind of existing at the same time and they're arguing with each other and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately it's kind of about them uh, understanding each other and stuff like that. If, if the Venom movies are a bad version of this, I feel like this is a good version of this. Like the two personalities and the story and how it unfolds and the relationship between the, these two people that exist in one person. I think this is the way I would want it done, you know, um, if you're going to tell a story like this. I think it comes together well. And the last thing I'll say about it, just not to get too spoilery, is that, you know, like I've always said, when you have, when Marvel does strong character arcs, when it has strong characters, the 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 thing, whether it's a movie or a series or whatever, I just think that it's going to succeed more then it's going to fail. And again, you know, even though I didn't like everything about this, I think it does wind up succeeding because of what it does with the characterizations, what it does with the arcs and everything like that. And the Indiana Jones exploration dressing that it has was also pretty nice too. So all in all, I think this is was good. And I think it's another solid, uh, series, entry, whatever you want to call it, from Marvel Studios. Heather, what about you? Yeah, my introduction to Moon Knight also was just conversations we've all had about it, sort of talking through that as a comic book character. So I didn't have much more to go off of than that. So, um, but what I did expect from this that... I was surprised I didn't get more of was fighting and violence and things like that. I actually expected there was going to be a lot more of that in this show, just based on knowing the nature of Moon Knight. Um, And there wasn't as much of that as I think might have been beneficial to kind of really grasp the full craziness of Moon Knight and how it can be. But um, I think I don't know. I, I do. I do think they did some parts of this really well. Um, of course, Oscar Isaac just killed it. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. He was phenomenal. Like he he took everything he was given and he just made it better. You know, like not. I'm not saying that this was a bad series. I just think that him being the lead definitely made it better. Um, and so I'm really, really glad that he was the the main character here. And he just, man, I I am I've seen him in a quite a bit of other things too. And he just, I don't know. I, I do think that this might be one of my favorite pieces of acting that I've seen him do. Not necessarily, you know, <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen him in necessarily, but I do think acting wise, he really like brought it 
he really brought it here. I really think he was great. Um, the um, the aspects that they do as far as, you know, why he is different personalities and things like that, I found very interesting about this. Uh, just from the psychology aspect of things, I, I do like that they brought these things in and I like um, sort of the, the story they told behind why. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just think overall, I, I don't think it was as cohesive as of a show as the other Marvel shows are. So I would agree with you, Jason, that I don't, it's not my favorite of the Marvel shows <laughs> at all, but, um, it also still to me felt very removed from all the other shows anyway. It just felt like it was very much its own thing in its own lane doing its own thing. Um, and I'm sure there's ways that it ties into the Marvel universe, but it was not super clear to me on some of the ways that it did. So for me, I guess maybe that's why it felt a little bit more standalone as a series, but it was good. It was definitely worth the watch once. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was very, um, creative in a lot of ways with what the the little aspects that they brought into it um yeah I mean I it's one of those where I like the the depths that they went to as far as telling you who and why this character is but um it, it was a little bit of a letdown I would say as far as Marvel wise in the marvel aspect of it it was a little bit more of a letdown but the story itself was interesting but it just was not quite what i expected it to be for what i've heard about moon knight as a character moon knight the disney plus series kind of is a very mixed bag for me uh, as 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 Heather and Justin have said, and I've I've said on previous episodes, I'm kind of what you would call a Moon Knight fan. Um, just I've, a little bit. Yeah, I've read every single comic that is his uh, ever. Um, I used to own all of them too. I used to have every issue of Moon Knight. Uh, from his original series, I even had a werewolf by night that he appeared in, um, which was his actual introduction. But yeah, I had every issue of Moon Knight starting from 1980 uh, until 2009. Yeah. And I had all but three variant covers in that too. So I even had multiples of certain issues that had variant covers. I think I was only missing three variant covers in that whole uh arc of comics and then they all uh, died in a flood so that sucks um but yes i have read every single moon knight comic out there i have also read most things when he was a crossover character some of the marvel team-up issues he did some of the west coast avengers because those are super fun um i've yeah i've read a lot of stuff for a while he was kind of like known for a little bit he was like one of the first characters to ever uh, just straight up quit the Avengers. He was an Avengers team member. Um, Dr. Doom did some shit and Moon Knight's like, Hey, we're, we need to go fuck up Dr. Doom. 
And the Avengers were like, no, we can't go do that. And Moon Knight was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go fuck up Dr. Doom. And then he fought a Doom bot. But, you know, Moon Knight does essentially still not succeed in anything. Because let's be real. Moon Knight's not beating Dr. Doom. You know, Um, but he goes and tries. He goes and tries. And then when he gets back, the Avengers are like, hey, we're going to put you on like Avengers trial because you broke our rules and we told you not to. And Moon Knight said, fuck this. I'm out then. And he just left. So that's fun. Um, and, and, and while I am a big fan of Moon Knight, like I said, I've already reissue. I don't read a lot of the old stuff a lot. I like it, but peak Moon Knight to me starts in 2006. In the Charlie Huston run. The bottom. Those six issues that start that series. Yeah, nah, that's... That's really, like, the, that's the Moon Knight I love. You know, uh, for a long time in Moon Knight comics, honestly, Moon Knight had no problem killing people. Moon Knight killed a lot of people. Uh, Moon Knight thought he killed his brother at one point. He didn't. The Punisher actually killed his brother. So that is a weird kind of departure, spoiler alert, a little bit from this. Um, yeah, his brother Randall is a villain in the comics and is killed by the Punisher. Um, you know, so there's some, like some changes here and there with some of that stuff. Uh, you know, and there is a lot of changes from the comics to this. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, one of the biggest and most glaring changes as far as characters or people or things from the comics go to this is Stephen Grant. Uh, in the comics, the Stephen Grant persona uh, is kind of a suave playboy billionaire or at least multimillionaire character. He's not like a little nerdy guy. It's not, that's not Stephen Grant, you know? Um, so that is a big, big change in this whenever you see Stephen Grant kind of be this nerdy little guy. But he grew on me. I was really unsure about it in the first episode because that's all Stephen all the time. You know, and you start getting a little bit of back and forth, but in the end, I ended up liking that characterization to Stephen Grant that they do in this in the series. I liked it. I liked the dynamic he had with Mark Spector. Um, which is something apparently in DID with alters they can do. They can communicate with each other. They can have conversations with each other. Now, is it like in this where they go and they look at the reflection and it's like talking back to them? Not necessarily. But they had to have a visual representation of that happening. And so most people, because I've gone on a lot of Reddit forums about Moon Knight. And they're like talking seriously about the DID representation in this film of it or in, in the series. And a lot of people with DID are like, it's actually really fairly good. Like, yeah, they do some hollow, like Hollywoodization of it all a little bit, you know, but they're like, you know, but they kind of have to. But other than that, it's they, they felt like they, they were very respectful to, to the condition of DID and portrayed it fairly accurately. There are personalities or alters that, you know, sometimes they know each other exist. There are some that 
no one knows exists. There are some that know the others exist, but they don't know they exist. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of, of, of things with that. And, you know, so they apparently really played that very respectfully. And that's good. You know, like I said, there's some dramatization behind it all, but it would be kind of weird if they just did it all with floating voices. You know, if Mark Spector and Stephen Grant are just floating voices to each other, that would get a little weird. And I think it actually adds to the acting performance and some of the scenes when you actually see them converse with each other. You know? And honestly, too, one of the coolest scenes when it comes to the DID stuff is there's a scene when Stephen Grant is 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 you know, it's presenting as Stephen Grant. Mark Spector takes over the body and throws a punch at himself, but then turns back to Stephen so that he, like, so Mark Spector doesn't feel the punch. You know, he turns back to Stephen, so Stephen's the one that feels getting hit in the face. You know, that's the cool little thing. And Oscar Isaac, when you watch his performance in that scene, it's kind of like Justin said, you see him go back and forth between those personalities and that's like two or three seconds. You know, how, how quick is throwing a punch? You know, like, and he does that. And it's a cool little attention to detail that Mark knows enough to turn back into Steven or to allow Steven to take back over. So Steven feels it, you know, that's a, that's a nifty little fucking trick. You know, that's smart. Like, that's smart on the character of Mark, and that's smart uh, as them as as filming the scenes to to do something like that. You know, really cool stuff with some of that stuff. Um, You know, there's there's a lot of debate about the characterizations of Moon Knight uh, themselves. Like, the actual character of Moon Knight, not Mark Spector, not Stephen Grant, Moon Knight. Um, in the comics, Moon Knight is its own persona, but it's very, very close to Mark Grant or to Mark Spector. Um, so in the comics, traditionally, he's got four personalities. Technically, apparently they've made a fifth one. I never read it as a fifth and I still don't read it as a fifth, but apparently Marvel, as far as canon, made it a fifth. And then there's technically a sixth. It depends on the writer. Um, so like the main personalities, and I'll skip one for now because it's kind of a spoiler for the show. So I'll skip it. The other ones I won't because they're very prominent in the show. Mark Spector is the main personality. Yeah, you've got Stephen Grant. Um, in some version of the comics, um, Khonshu is a persona of Moon Knight, uh, of, of Mark Spector. When they have... Khonshu be a persona they're implying that they're doing that to imply maybe there's not an Egyptian god maybe that's just something in his head maybe that doesn't exist you know so that aspect of him being the fist of Khonshu and being the avatar of vengeance is all just shit in his head that has been you know presented in the story Uh, Moon Knight being its own persona is its own uh, part of the story now there are depending on when you're reading it, Mark. It's either Mark Spector is Moon Knight or Moon Knight's its own persona. They do split them off every once in a while, 
Uh, it just depends on the writer. But either way, the Moon Knight persona, personality-wise, and a lot of stuff is a lot like Mark Spector either way. You know. Now, this is where I slightly disagree. According to Marvel themselves officially, Mr. Knight, which is the Moon Knight in the, the just the simple white mask and in the white uh, full suit. Apparently, they consider that a personality. An alternate version of Moon Knight. And they present it semi like that in the show. I never read that that as as the case. I never read Mr. Knight being an alternate persona. Ever. Um, Mr. Knight in the comics was kind of just a, was almost a gimmick of Moon Knight's. So Moon Knight kind of being a vigilante and kind of murdering people most of the time, or if he's not murdering them, he's just beating the fuck out of them. Uh, and, you know, in the comics, they've kind of outlawed vigilanteism every once in a while. You know what I mean? They go back and forth on whether or not being a costume hero is okay, or if you have to register with the government, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so Moon Knight, for a little while, was kind of persona non grata in the MCU. Nobody wanted to associate with Moon Knight because he was kind of always on the wrong side of the law, always on the wrong side of a lot of shit because he'd fuck people up and didn't care. But he, you know, still wanted to do his job. He still wanted to protect the travelers of the night. He still wanted to be the fist of conscience. He still wanted to be the avatar of vengeance. So in order to bypass, you know, being Moon Knight and to still work with the police and do the street level justice stuff that he would do, he, was, he wasn't Moon Knight. He was Mr. Knight. You know, the police would call him Mr. Knight. And at one point, in one of the first issues when they're like, he's talking to the police and they're like, and they're like, hey, isn't that Moon Knight? And the other cop's like, shut up. No, that's Mr. Knight. You know what I mean? They didn't play it as a personality. Apparently, like I said, officially canon wise, he is. I've just never read that character as that. So I don't know. I still, I understand it's Marvel shit. They could say what they want, but I don't know. I just never read the characters that. Um, so like those are the the personalities of of, of Moon Knight. Uh, I I do know one of Justin's uh, biggest kind of dealings with Moon Knight was probably in Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so you dealt with Ultimate Moon Knight, mm-hmm. which Ultimate Moon Knight's a whole other fucking thing because they really delve into the DID in that he's got. The Moon Knight persona, the Mark Spector persona. He's got, I think, some other random persona. He's got the persona of a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is an actual thing with DID. But then he's also got the persona of Ronan in his head also. So Ultimate Moon Knight is also Ultimate Ronan, um, which everybody should know from Hawkeye. We saw the version that, you know, Ronan that was Hawkeye. Um so yeah, Ultimate Moon Knight's really kind of crazy out there. But Ultimate Moon Knight's got a really crazy cool story though too because he also gets shot point blank in the head by Kingpin and he does not die from it because he's a badass. Um, But yeah, so all that is kind of like what, what's a lot of that stuff is what's informing my opinion of some of the stuff going on in the show. You know, because like I said, I'm super tied to it. 
one thing I will say, I understand that the MCU doesn't always want to be action. They don't always want everything to be fights. And I get that. And I'm fine with that. It's also weird that you did that. You decided to start doing that with Moon Knight. Yeah. Because outside of the Punisher and maybe Deadpool, when you get into the heroes, Moon Knight's like top tier violence. (laughs) You know, Punisher might be technically more violent. uh, And like I said, Deadpool might technically be more violent, but Moon Knight is up there in heroes committing violence. It's, it's a shtick, you know, um, when they started the Charlie Huston run, they actually make it a big point in, in, uh, of, of the comic is that he's trying to change his ways. And by changing his ways is not that I'm going to be less violent. It's, well, I'm just going to stop killing people. So I'll still be violent and I'll still hurt and, and sadistically damage people. I just won't murder them anymore. Uh, and he's like, and that's, that's his big moral conundrum. That's, that's the conflict he has internally is he really wants to kill these people and he has to stop himself from killing people. That's, you know, that's, he, he's a violent fucking character. You know, some of the things he's done is, uh, a guy stole a purse So he took one of his little moon dart, crescent dart blade things, threw one into his leg, and then took one of his metal truncheons and just started hammering it deeper into the man's femur. Um, And in the comics, those things are all adamantium. His blades and his truncheons are all adamantium. And so he's just hammering. Um, Essentially, it's it's like if you took like a a ninjutsu star, like a, a ninja throwing star threw that into somebody's leg and then took a metal club and just started hammering it deeper in their leg. That's what he did to a guy that stole a mm. purse. Um, some other thugs had like mugged and like beat up one of his friends. And so he found the main thug that did it and he took a sword and stabbed it through his cheeks. And by that, I mean, it's like goes, goes like in this cheek, out this cheek. Like, yeah, that's Moon Knight. Um, his main villain, which we actually did not see in the show, Raul Bushman, um, kind of cuts off his face at one point. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, so like that's a Moon Knight thing. And I'm not saying that every version of Moon Knight has to be that violent because there are some versions of Moon Knight that are more cerebral and some of that stuff. But then they're weirdly more action packed still than this was. A lot of the story parts in this are from. Uh, there's a story arc. I want to say the, the writer's uh, luminaire or something like that. It's a lot more of a cerebral comic. That's the one. That's one of the first ones that kind of deals with is Khonshu, a personality, not an Egyptian God, you know, all the like, and it kind of shows like Mark Spector meeting his other personalities, even though he knows they're there, he's like meeting them, but like them genuinely learning to coexist together. Because the way they were living was kind of ripping him apart. But like so much of that takes place in his head. And so much of the show 
kind of plays with that idea because he's going back and forth between like this weird Egyptian version of New York where there's these like jackal God, like, or these jackal demon things, which we see in the show and he's fighting them, but like no one else can see them, but he sees them. Um, you know, and he's, but then he's like going from that into like in a mental hospital talking to a psychologist, you know, and then he'll snap to like a Jake, uh, to a Stephen Grant version of it, which is Stephen Grant. in this is a movie star. So he's in a, uh, t- a movie about moon Knight, the moon Knight, And it's a bunch of like space Rangers that live on the moon and they fight werewolves in spaceships, kind of like star Fox. And that's the movie that they're making. And so whatever he goes to like was to Steven's personality, that's like what's going on in the story. And it's, it's just a bunch of crazy ass bullshit going back and forth, but it's all like mental, but there's still the random action of shit. You know what I mean? Like there's still the action of fighting the, the, the jackals. There's still the weird space moon Rangers, you know, like there's still those weird action set pieces that interweave into the cerebral story of Mark Spector trying to figure out what is real and what is not, you know? And so while I saw a lot of those elements in this story, to me, it felt somewhat out of place because like they were telling that story because it's like 30 years into Moon Knight, 30, 35 years of Moon Knight being a character. And they're actually finally now dedicating to the fact that he has DID. Because for a long time, he didn't have DID or they didn't present him in the comics as having DID. They just, like him being Stephen Grant was just kind of him acting a role. Him being this other persona that I haven't mentioned yet was just acting a role. You know, and it's one of the reasons why I never viewed the Mr. Knight as a separate persona. And the, the most current version of Moon Knight, the, the story run they're doing right now, when he's meeting with the psychologist, he's Mr. Knight. Because he's just trying to be more uh, businessy, you know, because he's dealing with the psychologist. Or when he deals with clients because he runs a midnight mission, which is just a protection service. And it's not like a racket where he's like, oh, pay me for protection. No, you just go, hey, Moon Knight, it's nighttime, I need protection. And he goes, all right, cool, I'll help out. But, you know, he wants to present business-like, so he wears the Mr. Knight costume and stuff. Um, but he's, like, talking to her, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, I'm a war criminal because Mark Spector was a war criminal. You know what I mean? So that's Mr. Knight presenting as Mark Spector. You know what I mean? That's why I don't see them as two different separate things. And that's why I also, Moon Knight is not always separate from Mark Spector. It really does depend on who's writing. Or even if Moon Knight is separate, he still very much uses the memories of Mark Spector's life. You know what I mean? He's not, like, he might be technically separate, like mentally separate, but he's still very much a lot of Mark Spector in in a lot of ways. So... Those were a lot of things that were kind of weird that they did them in this. Because you took a character that's very, very action-oriented, very violent-oriented, and you took a lot of that out. And I think a lot of it also has to go back to something that we've talked about before on this. Part of my issue with this show 
is Kevin Feige set my expectations up for something else? Kevin Feige was like, man, this is the most brutal thing in the MCU. Right. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm I'm gonna see I'm gonna see some real shit. I'm gonna get to see Kaiser Knuckle Moon Knight. Yeah, there is a version like some of the runs of Moon Knight where he has Kaiser Knuckles. If anybody doesn't know what they are, those are brass knuckles with spikes on the end. Typically the spikes are about like half an inch or an inch. Uh his are about four. Cause he gives no fucks. Um, those are Kaiser Knuckles. Um so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh yeah. All right, we're going to get some real fucking shit with some Moon Knight here. How the fuck did Kevin Feige watch this and go, yep, that's the most brutal. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a high expectation for not to deliver on, especially when it's a brutal character. You know what I mean? Like if this was. I don't know, some other random fucking characters like show like, okay, sure. It might be brutal. This is not what you set the standard for whenever you're like, this is Moon Knight brutal. Because Moon Knight brutal means a completely different thing. You know, I mean, shit, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. When Wanda, spoilers for that, but when Wanda's fighting the Illuminati, that's more brutal than this show. You know, the, the fucking fight with Thanos when they cut off Thanos's head. That's more brutal than this. Like, there's a lot more brutal stuff in the MCU. This kind of more or less peaked with the brutalness of uh, when John Walker's Captain America slash U.S. agent bash that guy's head in in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This kind of just matched that a little bit. Oh, no, they kind of lost me with that. You know, and and I think I would have been a little bit more fine with it if, you know, you hadn't set my expectations for one thing. So, I don't know, maybe Kevin Feige should just shut up for, like, two or three movies. Just don't say anything. Let them happen. Quit trying to set expectations. And then I, I think to tie it all in, there's a, a, a part of the story that they do with this where Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant kind of blacks out. And you lose that chunk of time. I get why they kind of did it for a little bit. But I think now you're running into the issue of You technically explained why at the end of the series. But you're not really going to get to really explain why. Because as of right now, I know a lot of people are like, hey, well, what about season two? We get a season two. It's going to, you know, it's going to expand. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. As of right now, things can always change. But as of right now, this is not a season one. This is the limited series Moon Knight. They're even submitting it to the Emmys as the limited series Moon Knight. They're submitting it under the limited series category. Not, you know, not a season. This is 
technically as of right now it. And I kind of feel like the showrunner and the writers of this story of, of the Moon Knight series, I kind of feel like they kind of pulled a little bit of a last season of Game of Thrones where in, in when they did that, they just did six episodes and they were like, nope, we're, that's all we're going to take. We're going to do this. We're going to finish the story up. I kind of felt like they did that with this. I think that they had a version of the story they wanted to tell. And they didn't really care about expanding upon what was there also in their own story. I think that they came up going, hey, we're going to do six episodes. And then they went, well, shit, we only have 80% of a story, though, in six episodes. And they went, eh, good enough. We'll just kind of film some blackouts and bam, bam. I don't know, be somebody else's problem after this. Because next Moon Knight will be in, appear in someone else's series or in a fucking movie or something. They can deal with it or it'll just never be explained ever again. I feel like that's what they did with this. Which to me also kind of feels slightly disrespectful to the character. You know, I think you went in and you told about 80% of the story. And that's it. Especially when you find out Miss Marvel's going to have more episodes in this. She-Hulk has more episodes in this. I really think Marvel would have given them two or three more episodes. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Especially unless unless this was prohibitively expensive. I don't know, is filming... Because they did go and film in Egypt. They did film in London. Like, are those places just so astronomically expensive to film in that you couldn't film, you know, you know what I mean? You had to cut down the number of episodes? I mean, maybe. But if that's the case, I don't know. Film in a fucking soundstage then. It actually, you know, fulfill the actual fucking story of the show. Because there were lots of things in the show that they kind of changed a little bit on the fly. And I'll I'll get into more of those in spoilers, but. And I'll I'll get into everything more in spoilers, but I mean, like I said, I just this shows very much Miss Bag, but. um, Oscar Isaac was great. Um, Ethan Hartnett. He's pretty good. Um, oh, who played Layla? Layla was good. I liked Layla. Uh, which also Layla's Layla's new to this. She was. Um, yeah, the character of Layla is not in the comics. In the comics, that character is called Marlene, and it's just some blonde-haired white woman. You know, but I actually really kind of dug Layla's character. You know, and actually, I like that they yeah. kept her Egyptian. I liked that. You know, um, which is really kind of funny because they got rid of two thirds of the kind of Moon Knight core team. Because like, there's Moon Knight, there's his best friend Frenchie, which they do kind of mention vaguely by name in this. Uh, his best friend Frenchie, and his girlfriend slash on off again love interest Marlene. You know, but they get rid of Marlene and Frenchie in this. I think that's kind of funny. But I mean, I will say this. Those characters were very big for like the first 25 years of Moon Knight. They don't really show much up in the comics either. So I think that that's why that didn't actually bother me. You know, they were very core to the beginnings of Moon Knight for so long. 
They were very core to Moon Knight comics for so long. But they're kind of gone in the comics now. Marlene kind of made an appearance technically, but they've since like a few years back since then, they've kind of, you know, ignored that most of that whole story arc in the comics since then, because it was bad. They went super bad with that one. And so they've kind of just ignored it that it even exists. So it's like, you know, Marlene wasn't even there. Um, you know, but, but I really liked Layla, uh, you know, so there was lots of interesting things going into this, but at the same time, I, I think my biggest issue is I feel like it's 80% of a story. I don't feel like the the story's done and I don't know where we're going to get the other 20% because I also didn't even like the idea of, oh, we'll wait for a season two. Well, that's season two story. You didn't finish season one story. And it's not, I'm not, I don't even mean that. It's like, oh, cliffhanger leaving on or like a multi-season story arc or anything like that. No, the core story of season one, you didn't finish. It's not complete. And so I would think that that's bullshit within itself. Because it's not even a cliffhanger type of thing to me. And I, and I feel like a lot of that's kind of disrespectful. Like, especially when they take such great care to realistically and authentically portray um, some of the things they did in this movie. And then they kind of want to still just slap you in the face with that aspect of it. And I'm like, well, you know, you can be accurate to Egyptian mythology. You can be accurate to DID. Uh, well, Egyptian mythology and culture. You can be somewhat respectful of, of Judaism. They really still didn't quite land that one, but they landed it better than a lot of the other MCU stuff has. But then it's like, it's like weirdly like they had an Egyptian, an Egyptian, uh, consultant. They had a DID consultant. They had a Judaism consultant, but then it's like, they weirdly didn't have a comic book consultant. (laughs) And I find it very weird. I feel like I've been going very long and, Let's move on. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, what you got? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good enough series to watch it um, and just kind of check it out and learn about, at least for me, learning about a character I did not know much about other than kind of a word of mouth from a big fan. <laughs> um, so I would say... Yeah, it's worth it. Um, I, I definitely liked it more than I didn't, but I think it's just also because there were just aspects that were a little bit lost on me or um, I wasn't just deeply invested in necessarily as much of the backstory and everything as maybe I could be if I knew more about him up front. But it didn't take away from, you know, any of the performances that were happening or um, like I said, the DID aspect of what they do, I really appreciated it. And I thought it was really well done and, um, really interesting to hear about in, in this show. So, um, yeah, I think it's worth, worth it. Um, again, is it going to be up there on my list of the, you know, the Marvel series that are out? No, it's not. But again, I mean, Marvel at its worst is still typically better than a lot of other shows at their best, <laughs> apparently. So. 
you know, it's it's worth it to watch it um, at least once. So, yeah, I, I, I say give it a shot and see what you think. Um, again, I'm I'm the one here coming in from it from knowing zero comic book wise about it or anything like that. So my perspective is a little bit different on it. But if I can come in and see different sides of it that I think are interesting and invested me in it, you know, then I think, yeah, it's definitely people who know more about this character. They might be even more invested than I was. So, yeah, I think it's worth it. Um, I'm going to give it. I'll give it. um, I'll give it 78 um, Oscar Isaacs jaw almost broken off his face as he lies on the ground out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I recommend it. Um, I found the series fun. I thought that the story, um, you know, it was, it, it was a fun little adventure. I think that it was a good, it felt like a departure from some of the other, um, MCU stuff that, we've seen it it did kind of feel more like its own uh self-contained thing and you know some i guess some people can debate that's good and bad some people love when all of this stuff links together and you get little tidbits from oh look this is how this links to something else that you've already seen and stuff like that and yeah that can be fun and that can be good and i'm always down for that stuff when it comes to this big story that is the MCU but sometimes I also like it when it's just kind of its own thing. I mean, sometimes being separate from everything else and you not having to involve other characters and all of these other things going on, sometimes it helps the narrative feel more self-contained and it can focus a narrative rather than the narrative trying to do all these other things and connect all these other pieces from other yeah, things. That's so true. In this, I feel like it helped it, just that it was its own, it felt like its own just straightforward narrative. And I think that anytime you're doing an introduction to a character, and I think that that's important to say, this was an introduction to this character for a lot of people. And in a lot of ways, it was an introduction for me because I really haven't read, like I said, I know of the character, but haven't really read too much of the character. Um, and I think if if that if that was the goal, and I'm pretty sure it was, then I think it did its job in showing why this character does have fans. You know, what makes this character interesting from the other MCU characters? Like what makes what separates him? What makes him interesting? So, and I think that that's what I left with. It, it was an interesting series. It had a it had a fun story. It has some familiar stuff with with the exploration Indiana Jones stuff. So I like that. I'm an Indiana Jones fan, so I was feeling all of that. Um, you know, and that's a dressing I haven't seen yet with a Marvel character. So I thought that that was cool. Um, and and then ultimately, I just liked the dynamic. With the different personalities, I like the love triangle. I liked all the care. I liked the antagonist and kind of where he came from. I liked how he was connected to Moon Knight and everything like that. So, I mean, all in all, I just 
thought it was a fun little series. So yeah, I recommend it. I think that most people will have fun with this and will just appreciate it for what it is. And I hope that um, we do get more of him. I hope that we, if even if he doesn't get a part two series, you know, I, 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 I want to see how they integrate this character with everyone else and where he comes into play, how he comes into the story with the multiverse or whatever we're doing. You know, I, it'd be interested to see how this character meshes with other characters and given the whole multiple personality dynamic that Moon Knight has, I just think that that could be a lot of fun, you know, when he mixes in with other characters and other people. I could see that being a lot of fun. And, you know, that's what this is supposed to be about is fun. So with that being said, we'll probably go uh, 85 um trials <laughs> uh by gods where the, they really didn't look at a lot of evidence and information uh out of a hundred. That was the weirdest like little hearing ever. Yeah, like, like I was just like, like uh Yeah, this guy's doing that? stuff. And they went, Hey, are you doing this stuff? And he's like, No, nah, I'm not doing stuff. And they went They were like, Man. That that Ethan Hartnett is not lying to us at all right now. And he never does. And I'm like, have you ever seen somebody look more guilty ever? Like, I don't know. I was just like, that is the weirdest and dumbest trial ever. And I don't mean that as a knock against the show. I'm like, I guess as gods or whatever, being the avatars of gods, they would have that weird amount of hubris to them. That they're like, oh, no mere mortal would dare lie to us as gods. You know? So, like, and I, I wish I'm, maybe it needed to play more out like that. It just felt like they were so unconcerned and just like, man, it's whatever. We got these avatars. They're doing their thing. The humans don't care about us anymore. They barely think we exist. We got these avatars. So, eh, I don't, he doesn't look like he did anything. He doesn't have a prior record. Eh, get him out of here. That's what they seemed like. I wish it had played more like what you were talking about. I wish they were just so arrogant and just so high up here they couldn't see it. I would have probably preferred that than yeah. what we got. Yeah, and especially because in the Pantheon and stuff like that, Khonshu is not that high of a god. You know, um, he is, he's not to be an unimportant god. He's just not that high of a level of god. You know, he's not on the same level as Ra or Osiris or I, uh, Isis. Or, you know, any of the other guy or Horus, Anubis, you know, none of them. He's, he's none of that pantheon. Uh, so, yeah, maybe that would have played out a little bit better. But, like, I do like one thing I do like about the MCU whenever they, they're going with their god characters. I like it because they're accurate to the comics in the, the regards of when they use gods of other cultures, they're not omnipotent. They're not all knowing. They're just super powerful beings. Technically, more often than not, yeah. they're either aliens or they're like other dimensionally beings. You know what I mean? Like they just exist technically from a different plane. They just have lots more power than an average hero would or something. So I like that they did that. And I like how they also uh, acknowledge, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bast, the panther god from Black Panther, because that's an Egyptian god. 
You yeah. Know? So I like the fact that they acknowledge that as being a part of their pantheon and it also being essentially that the Black Panther is their avatar. You know, so I like that they kind of played into some of that stuff. That was really cool. Um, honestly, though, if you're a Moon Knight fan, no, I don't recommend it. Sadly enough, though, if you're a Moon Knight fan, you probably already saw it. So, ask that catch 22. But if you were a fan of Moon Knight, I, I don't I don't think you should watch it. You're going to be disappointed. I don't know. Go watch a YouTube mashup video where they just kind of show you some of the cool scenes or something. But, like, I don't know. You're just not... It's not quite there. It's really not. Outside of that, I guess watch it. I don't know. It's been kind of a mixed bag for a lot of people, but I do feel like the less you know about Moon Knight, the kind of more you enjoy this. You know? So there's that aspect of it. If you, you know, don't know much about Moon Knight or whatever, you might actually have a better shot of enjoying this than I did. So, I mean, uh, 65. I give this a 65. I really actually kind of dug the way the Mr. Knight costume ended up looking in this out of 100. I did I was, like that. I was a little worried with it at first. Because it looks a little costumey. You know, when you first see it in the poster, I was like, that's a little costumey. And then when you first see it in action in the show, I was like, oh, it's a little costumey. But just like Stephen Grant, it really grew on me, though. You know, just like the characterization of Stephen Grant, the more they had the Mr. Knight suit, the more they had him move around in it and do things in it. I actually started to dig it. And actually thought it actually really did work. So. Uh, spoilers. Yep. Yep. Spoilers. Um, biggest spoiler, Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley finally shows up at the end. Which, you know, for you guys, that might have been a surprise. I don't know. Because I don't know if you knew that there's the, there's the Jake Lockley persona. Yeah, it was a surprise for me. You know. Yeah, it was. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it was a surprise in that I didn't know directly who he was. Or yeah. when he said the name, I was like, okay, I don't know who that is. But the build to it, the hints that they gave oh, that yeah, there yeah, they was give a you third oh, personality yeah. and all of that stuff within the confines of the narrative, I thought it was cool. You know. The way it was built and then the reveal at the end, I thought was cool. Do you possibly remember, Justin, uh, where in the show you realized there was a third personality? Um, The very first time he, well, the, well, when he blacked out the first time and he was like, and Stephen was like, Mark, what did you do? And he said, that wasn't me. Episode I didn't three. Do that. That, that. Yeah, that was episode three. And I was like, is there a third personality? But I didn't know for sure until episode five when there was that other um, sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. And there was somebody knocking in there. And I was like, ah, oh, they're okay. Okay. 
there is a third person. Yeah, all those hints meant nothing to a Moon Knight fan. Because we all knew Jake Lockie's there. And so while I get for non-fans, that's a really kind of slow, cool reveal. You know, as a Moon Knight fan, it's very fucking annoying. Because you start like looking at it as, oh, they're just putting off acknowledging this. Like, I find that whole thing whenever he's got to combine the hearts so that it could balance the scales so he could get to the, the, the field of reeds. How could he balance himself if he's not even acknowledging the third part? There's a whole third part of him that he's ignoring. How can you balance the scales? If he couldn't balance the scales because of the differences between Steven and him and all that stuff, how can you balance without knowing about Jake? I find that to be a big flaw. Especially because considering how they presented who Jake is in this. Uh, in the comics, yeah. L- let me go back to breaking this down like I did earlier because I skipped over it just for the spoiler part. Jake Lockley in the comics is just a cabbie. Just a New York City cab driver. Um, And in this, he's kind of, I don't know, the Dexter? He's the body man. Uh, Which I... Once again, that's a weird deviation from the comics. And maybe that's something if I was exposed to it the whole season. I could have grown to appreciate it the same way I grew to appreciate the changes they did with the Stephen Grant persona. You know, but the the Jake Lockley persona was just a New York City cab driver. They would, you know, drive cabs in the bad, bad part of town. So criminals would get in his cab and they would talk about things. And he could gather information by listening to criminals talk. And then he could just go into criminal bars because nobody would suspect anything because he's just like a low level cab driver. He could sit there and drink and listen to people and gather information and nobody would suspect anything. That's the whole point of Jake Lockley is like a little criminal information gatherer. And, you know, they kind of changed him like all around in this and they made him like this weird, I'll murder everybody persona. Which, weirdly enough, in the comics is Mark Spector. (laughs) Like I said, Mark Spector openly acknowledges he is a war criminal in the comics. So that's that's a weird deviation. I don't know if I like it or not, because you don't really get to see it in this. Because they intentionally avoid showing you Jake Lockley all but two times. And I think you guys actually might have missed the first time. Probably. You see Jake Lockley at the end, right? When he turns around and he kills Ethan Hawke's character. You actually see Jake Lockley one other time in the show. Oh, most of the time they do the blackout and you don't get to see Jake Lockley in action or you don't get to see the Jake Lockley Moon Knight, which that's another thing too. I want to know what that costume looks like. If each persona has a different costume, I want to know what costume they are using for Jake Lockley. Hmm. I really want to know that. Um but there's there's one I really would love for it to be because there is one Moon Knight costume where it's kind of slightly more like plate armor. But he walks around and he was using a chainsaw and cutting up criminals. So that'd be a really cool version of Moon Knight for Jake Lockley. Anyway, um, 
second episode when they're reviewing the camera footage after the whole uh, him being chased by the jackal and them not seeing anything and then they just see him walk out and look straight at the camera. Yeah. That's Jake Lockley. Really? It's not Mark Spector. That's Jake. Ah, okay. I thought it was Mark. Nope. Okay. That's Jake. You actually That's have tight. some other references to Jake very early on. Uh, you know how the girl was like, hey, you asked me out on a date to the steakhouse. Yeah. That wasn't Mark. That was Jake. Yeah, that's why he couldn't remember it. Yeah. That was Jake. That's that why he couldn't remember it because they don't, they're not really aware of that persona at all. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe that's why it affected the the scale balance as well. Because since in their minds, they're the only two that exist and interact with each other and everything like that. Maybe they are so far removed from whatever Jake is. Maybe that's why it didn't come into play with the balancing aspect of it all. And I get that. Except Jake knows who they are. Remember? Jake asks out the girl for Steven. Mm, okay. You know? Jake knows the other two exist. Because and how do you know that that was right? him in the how do you know it was him in the camera? You can actually tell by the look on his face. Uh like Justin said, you could tell the looks he gives as Mark. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a Mark face. Okay. That's a Jake face. I want to go back and check that out now. I think the director even tell. confirmed that later. Like after it all ended, after they revealed that, you know, Jake's there. Yeah, that was Jake. Um, because that's the type of thing Jake would do. Jake doesn't hide from shit. You know what I mean? Like to a degree, like he hides from Mark and Steven, but like Jake will murder people. You know what I mean? Like Jake's very much like getting the shit done. Like, so the idea that Jake would also just go like walk out and then just go look at the camera. That's kind of a Jake move. Okay. Type of scenario. Um, also it's like pretty much any time you perceived early on that it was Mark was causing him to black out. It wasn't, it was Jake every time the specific scene you, you referenced in the score section, Heather, um, him waking up with his jaw dislocated. That was, that was Jake. Anytime he came to like that for the most part was Jake. It was not Mark. Okay. You know, and, 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 and Justin, to answer your question earlier, because you did ask, is that possible? Yes, it is. It is possible for altars, like an, an, one, an altar that's created, not the main, um, but the, the, one of the altars to actually know the other ones exist, but they not know he exists. That's typically what they call like a protector altar. He, come okay. in, he comes in to protect the other ones, you know. It might not always be forever that they don't know it exists, but that is very much a real thing. A protector uh, altar might not like might just be hidden from everybody else. You know, that is that is one of the things that is accurate to DID in this. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things, though, that like 
and Jake, like I said, knows all the, everything because also Jake makes a separate deal with Khonshu, as we find out. Mark is the first one to make the deal with Khonshu because Mark was dying. Uh, but yeah, Jake made a separate one. And Jake was wholeheartedly committed to being in Khonshu's service, as we right. find out. Yeah. And I can't wait to find out, or at least I, I hope we get to find out, what was the trauma that created Jake? You know, I want to know more about that. Like, I want to well, know what they come up with to explain how Jake was created or where he comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we got to see where the motivation behind Steven so it just made me go, well, damn, I wonder what the motivation behind Jake is, you know? Well, and that's the other thing with it, too, because that's why I'm slightly confused by the way they're presenting the characters in this. Because Mark openly acknowledges being a terrible person and killing a bunch of people. Mark openly acknowledges that. So why does he need a persona to kill people? That's what I don't get. You know, why does he need a persona to just wantonly murder people? Because he's done it in his past, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And unless that's why the Jake persona was created, maybe because of the violence, it, they could argue in the show, at least it's not the, it's not the, as it is in the comics, but they could argue in, in the show that the Jake persona exists because after he died, he didn't want to be a killer anymore. And the Jake persona manifested itself to more or less still do the things on behalf of Khonshu that needed to get done for Khonshu that Mark was not comfortable doing. You know, so that way Mark could still satisfy his deal with Khonshu and not get more blood on his hands. I kind of would maybe understand that. Almost. If also Mark Spector as Moon Knight didn't murder like 30 people in this too. I was very confused by the end of this, this, this series. When they've got Ethan Hawke's character sitting there and he's like, got the thing, and he's like, oh, no, I can't do it. I can't kill him. That'd make me no different than him. I'm right. like, dude, you just killed like 30 of his henchmen. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking about when he blacked out. I'm talking about when him and Mr. Knight are walking through those henchmen, and they're throwing the moon darts at them. Those are fucking bladed instruments going into people's chests. They're dying. You know, like you're not getting hit with that yeah. like it's a battering and it's bouncing off of you. You're getting stabbed by those things. Like he just murdered 30 people, but he's like, no, can't kill the one. Fuck you. Yeah, you can. Look back into uh, episode three. Into episode three. When that bad guy, the 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 the, the black market dealer guy. Is riding away on his horse. What does Moon Knight do? Throw a moon dart and you hear it hit the guy and you hear him fall off his horse. Why? Because he just got hit in the back of the head with a metal fucking ring. Like, 
Blade. Also, that character is another one of Moon Knight's villains, the Black Spectre. Also, sad note, guy that played that character died. A few months. Yeah, I did hear about that. Like six months ago, a skiing accident. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like he, but that's the thing. Think about that whole fight sequence there, though, too. How many times did he sit there and just throw moon darts out at people? You know, he was murdering people left and right in that sequence, too. You know, murdering people constantly. And then all of a sudden at the end, he can't do that. I am so sick and tired of weird fake morality when it comes to something like this and a villain at the end of something. Like, it's so fucking tiresome. Oh, in the end, we'll be no different than them. Yeah, that's real solace to all the other people you murdered through the other six episodes of this TV show. (laughs) Right. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. I guess I interpreted it as it was more about not doing it because Conchu wanted it and him making a choice. It, it seemed like it was more about him making a choice and being more in control of himself than it was the killing or the morality of the killing. At least that's how I saw it. I don't remember Layla going you'll be no better than him or anything like that. I do remember her saying, you have a choice. Are you going to do it because he says it, or are you going to do it because you want to do it? It was more about his choice, I thought, than it was the morality here. But either way, I, I see what you're saying. And that that's a, that's a completely fair assessment, Justin. But I do distinctly remember them saying, if you just kill him, that's no different than what Ahmet wanted to do. Because theoretically, he could change with Ahmet. Like, Ahmet inside him could change also. You know what I mean? One of them said it, either Mark or Layla. One of them said it. That that was wanted to be their justification. Or maybe it was Steven. Steven might have said it. You know, someone said it. And to me, that just kind of felt like dumb. Like I said, you just murdered all these other people. They could have changed their lives too. <laughs> you know, maybe it just took them like getting beat up by some costume guy and they go, you know what? This, I ain't about this life. <laughs> I could quit this. Yeah. Change my way. I want to go back to school and become an accountant. <laughs> you know, like, no, but they're all dead. They are all dead. Um, so I just, I don't, I did. I, I thought that was kind of cheap. And I think it was cheap just to set up Jake Lockley coming and shooting him. Which also, I'm not going to lie. I felt like that was a big cop out too, with them having Jake Lockley come and murder all the people in like, in like what five or six different scenes, he would come and murder people for them and stuff. And like, I felt like that was a little cheap. I felt like they did that to kind of save some money and not choreograph some fight scenes. They're like, all right, we could just choreograph six fight scenes instead of 10. And we could just say that 10 happened though. That counts the same, man. That's dumb. That really upset me. Like I just, I I felt like that was the cheap way out. Like fiscally and, you know, story wise, like in both ways, you know, Because, like, 
that's the thing is you didn't truly get it in fight the final fight of this fucking TV series. The final epic showdown between your fucking hero and your main villain is blacked out. Come on. Come on, that's a little cheap. You can't do superhero shit and just get rid of your fucking entire last fight. The final epic showdown where the hero beats the bad guy. They don't show a damn part of it. That's cheap. I didn't like that. Wait, what part are you talking about? What do do you mean? Like they blacked out on the final fight? Wait. Arthur Hallow has the little staff pointing it at Moon Knight's face. Moon Knight blacks out. Oh, and then yeah. Arthur okay. Hollow is beat, and also 30 of his fucking goons are all, like 30 more goons. I don't know how many goons he had. At least 90 people died that night. But like, there's like a bloodbath of nine, like 30 bodies that are new dead people, and Arthur, Arthur right. Hollow's beat. So the final That's fight right. is beat, is, is blacked out. That's right. That's right. I was yeah. like, but what about all the fighting before that? But okay, now I get what you're saying. Yeah, now I get what you're you saying. You get the beginning of the final boss fight. You don't get the end of it, though. Yeah, and I think that was one thing about the whole, like, um, the blackouts that they showed and him just being in the next thing happening. Like, I understand why they did it. And and I think that they filmed it well in the sense that, like, you're just as confused as he is when he's figuring it out, right, in the show. But I do feel like that would have been good opportunities to show more of those action sequences to see like, okay, how did he do this? Like, why did he do this? And all of that. So I do, that was probably one of the bigger disappointments for me is like moments when they had the opportunity to show really cool fights is when the blackouts happened. So it's it's kind of like a, you know, I get why they did it, but Man, especially for it being Moon Knight, you wanted to see what happened there, you know? Yeah, I mean, to me, all right, you did it the whole series. Fine. The one time to not do it is that final fight. Very true. Actually, just show the whole thing then. And then you could still have Layla afterwards going, Mark, what was that? And he'd be like, "I, I don't know, Steven. And he's like, I don't know. Have them be confused. But for the first time, show the audience what happened. Classic Justin line, show, don't tell. They told us the final fight. They didn't show us the final fight. That's some bullshit. That's like if we were watching Avengers Endgame and, you know, when all the portals opened up and all the people started coming oh, through yeah. and Captain America's sitting there holding Mjolnir and you're like, yeah. And then they just cut away to some like kids at a campfire and it's like this the scoutmaster just telling them how the fight ended. <laughs> that would have been such a different movie if that had happened. Yeah, it would have been bullshit. But but it's okay wouldn't we do it to Moon Knight? The disrespect. <laughs> man, I'm 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 iffy on it, man. I'm iffy on it because I like the Jake reveal at the end. But they, they so still could have like kept all that. these little things they did to lead up to that at the end. I like not seeing him until the end when he does the thing. I don't know. I, I kind of like the way they told the story. So 
Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I kind of like the way it was done. I think I saw enough fighting in that scene. I mean, you had, they were, I mean, they fought for like, that was like a 10 minute fight scene. I don't think I needed any more. Um, I, I felt like that was enough. And then they had the blackout. I don't know, uh, two more minutes of people getting slashed up. I don't know if I needed it. I felt like that was enough. There was Kanshu and the alligator were fighting all big, having a freaking like that was like Godzilla fighting over there. Then you had them fighting everywhere and it was two on one and they were fighting him and doing all this ducking and dodging stuff was blowing up. I, I don't know. I felt like it was enough, man. I, I don't think I'm in y'all's camp on that. You know why I you thought that's enough, enough Justin? Because you're not a Moon Knight fan. I guess not. They I got, guess that's they why. They literally but got rid of the me, most. For just the viewer and what I was watching in the story, it felt like enough. But but I get what you're saying, though. But to me, like as a Moon Knight fan, they got rid of the most Moon Knight part of the fight sequence. You know what I mean? They got rid of that part of it all of a sudden. But I, I agree, Justin. But that's what I'm saying is you still could have kept the end because you could have had the Jake Lockley reveal in that part of the scene still be hidden because all you would have to do is have his costume change a little bit. You know what I mean? Never pull the mask back or anything like that. Have the suit change in some way, shape, or form. I think, like I said, there's a few other versions of the Moon Knight costume that could work for being the Jake Lockley Moon Knight, right? You know, because they've got the Mr. Knight is the Stephen Grant. You've got the traditional Moon Knight, which is also a little bit different, which that costume grew on me too. I like, I ended up liking the fact that it looked like a mummy. My biggest worry, anytime like anybody's like, back in the day was like, oh, we should make a Moon Knight TV show or we should make a Moon Knight movie. I was like, how do you do the Moon Knight costume and him not look like a Superman version of a KKK member? Like, yeah, I get that because of the white hood. Yeah, it's just yeah. a white costume yeah. and it's a white it's hood. Cl- it's it's, it's close, but it is. Yeah, I get in a comic, saying. but in a comic, you can distinctly make it different. How in real life, though, do you not make it look like Superman KKK? That's why I always thought the Mister Knight costume would work best in a visual medium like that because it's distinctly different enough. But like I said, by them making it more like a mummy. You still got to keep him in a white suit, make it more Egyptian, which makes sense to the character, and not look like a a racist from the 60s. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I thought it looked cool, actually, yeah. You know, but it it is a big departure from his suit. So, once again, just took me a little bit. That's my problem with some of the stuff that they changed from the comics in this. I can adapt to it because, like, the more they exposed me to it, and let me understand their reasons behind the changes and feel it out and stuff like that and grow with the character with those changes, I was able to accept them. You know what I mean? I was, like I said, they grew on me. I liked them in the end. I didn't get a chance to fucking experience Jake. You know what I mean? Like so many of those things, and that's what I'm saying. You have his costume change a little bit. Maybe have it be a little bit more black. Some sections are more black. You know, that doesn't necessarily scream to Layla that's a new personality. Because for the most part, she still sees what looks like Mark Spector Moon Knight beating the fuck out of people. But he's being more murderous, you know. 
And then, like I said, afterwards, she could still be like, Mark, what was that? I just think as a viewer, it would have been great to show that. And you don't have to even openly acknowledge it's uh, it was Jake, just like they did in the show. I think it would have been great to just finally show something with Jake in there and still keep it hidden. Like I said, still behind a mask. You know what I mean? Just slightly change the costume a little bit to where somebody watching you goes, hey, wait a second. Why does this costume look a little different right now? That's it. Just why does it look a little different? You know, do do yeah. the ultimate Moon Knight version where instead of having the hood up, when he goes to Jake, the hood just falls back and maybe his cape gets a little longer and maybe like, you know, the like the, the moon emblem on it changes a little bit. You know what I mean? Make it a very subtle change like that. Hmm. And maybe like maybe he starts fighting with a staff because that's something the ultimate Moon Knight fought with a lot was a staff. So maybe all of a sudden he busts out a staff, the hood falls back and he's a little, you know, and he just starts violently beating the fuck out of people. And Layla's like, what the fuck just happened? She wouldn't have anything really to, to truly make her think that that was a third personality. And as the audience member, you would notice some stuff changed and you notice all of a sudden he's extremely violent. But you don't have the open acknowledgement that that's the third personality in that scene. You can then still do the Jake reveal at the end and just make that another hint. But you actually just get to see the fight. Because I, I perfectly respect liking the Jake reveal at the end. That's fine. I just think as, as a viewer, you know, they just uh, avoided doing some of the stuff just so they could say it was because of that. I think that that was a perfect, perfect opportunity to finally show Jake in action without openly acknowledging it was Jake at the time and still doing the reveal at the end and getting it. Then you go, Oh fuck moon Knight with a staff and hood back. That's Jake moon Knight. You get an even more of a like, Oh, that's what that was type of moment that's just personally how I think they should have handled that part and changed it up a little bit um I really liked the 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 scarlet scarabs costume that's Layla Layla is the scarlet scarab um that is a comic book character uh the the hero part of it like I said Layla is not a comic book character but the hero she becomes is a comic character, the Scarlet Scarab. Um, traditionally is a man, but, you know, perfectly fine. They changed it to this. Um, I, I thought that was super cool. I liked her costume. Yeah, she looks cool. She my did. one issue with the costume and some of her fighting techniques, my one slight criticism with that is it was a little bit too Falcon-ish. She did like that barrel roll into a flip kick thing, just like Falcon did type of stuff. I was like, oh, they're, mm -hmm. they're using Falcon fighting techniques a little too much for her. You know, like, I think it would have been a little bit cooler if she had a slightly more unique fighting style. I say that as somebody that does not have to come up with fight sequences for people with wings like that, though. So it might be harder than I, you know, I'm making it out to be. But, you know, and like I said, that's my slight critique of that. Overall, I liked it. Um, it's a little weird that they had 
her be the avatar of what's what was what was that uh the hippo's name tarawit yeah like tarawit tarawit something like that yeah yeah which at least part of her costume is a scarab so at least you know but that's also because originally when they wrote layla becoming the scarlet scarab she was supposed to become the avatar of isis which is the egyptian god queen and is if you've ever seen if you've ever seen uh, Rihanna's sternum tattoo or anything like that, a lot of depictions of Isis has those wings. Her her costume is designed after Isis, so it would have made a little bit more sense if she was Isis or the Avatar of Isis. At the same time, I slightly understand why they might have wanted to stay away from somebody being the Avatar of Isis, because Americans aren't always the best at distinguishing. Oh. Isis is an Egyptian goddess who's been around for right. thousands and thousands of years in their mythology. And Isis, the terrorist organization, has only been around for like, what, 15 years. But some people yeah. can't distinguish the two. So I slightly understand right. that. Yeah. You know. But like I said, either way, the Scarlet Scarab costume was cool. I really liked that they did that to her. I know it was kind of a cheap scene, but I genuinely also liked it whenever that she fucking rips the roof off that car and helps those people get out. And that little girl goes, are you an Egyptian superhero? I really liked that look on Layla's face when she realizes that's exactly what she is. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, yes, yes, I am. Cool. You know, that's cool. I thought, but I, I thought it was slightly clunky to just openly go, Hey, I want to openly acknowledge that I am doing representation right now. That is a little clunky, but like I said, ultimately I liked the outcome of the scene because like I said, the look on Layla's face doing that realization of, yes, I am the little look on the little girl's face. Ultimately the scene's kind of heartwarming. So while it might be a little clunky, I like the outcome of it though. And thought that was nice. You know, so I thought that that was good. Um, one final thing I want to talk about. I mean, all right, uh, uh, Josh Hawk, he was good. He was good too. Is uh, Arthur Hollow. Um, one the one last thing I want to talk about is something I brought up a few episodes back. One thing I was worried about with Moon Knight is were they actually going to truly acknowledge his Jewish heritage and actually finally provide representation to Jewish people that has been massively written out of the MCU. The MCU has gone out of their way to take a lot of the characters that are traditionally Jewish that have been in the MCU and just not making them Jewish. Um, Kate Bishop from Hawkeye, they had a menorah, like somebody brought up, there was like, oh, there was a menorah in her apartment. No, it's not in her apartment. It's in her aunt's apartment. The menorah is not hers. They openly have her celebrating Christmas and all that stuff. They don't really acknowledge her being Jewish. Same with Bucky Barnes. They kind of have him in a synagogue for a little bit in Falcon Winter Soldier, but they still don't acknowledge it. Same with Stanley Tucci's character in Captain America First Avenger, the doctor. The Jewish doctor that escaped Nazi Germany. They can't even have him openly be Jewish. Uh, Scarlet Witch. They can't, they're not acknowledging she's Jewish. You know, her dad in the comics is fucking Magneto, you know, famous Holocaust survivor. 
And, you know, I understand that Magneto is not necessarily her father in this, but they still didn't just couldn't have her be Jewish in this. You know, they just openly kind of just got rid of everybody being Jewish. And then you get to Moon Knight. Jewish character. Dad's a rabbi. Gets DID by being tortured as a kid from a, by a Nazi. That's, and it's like, so whenever they wrote that into the character, I think technically now it would be taking place in the 80s. So it's not like it's a World War II Nazi or anything like that. No, it's like in the 80s. This guy was a secret Nazi and fucking kidnapped and tortured Mark Spector for being Jewish because he was Jewish. And this guy was actually a friend of the Spector family, you know, and tortured him and also forced him to murder other people because he wanted to corrupt him. Yeah, that's why he develops DID. You know, was a Nazi tortured him for being Jewish, you know? So Judaism plays a big part in Mark's in the, in the character of Mark Spector in the character of Moon Knight. There's lots of ties to it. And I will give them some credit in this. They do, they do a few different things. Um, he does wear the, the star David. Um, you actually do get to openly see that. Uh, there's a little thing. And I'm I'm sorry I don't remember what it is. The Jewish people placing like the the door their door hinge. He had one of those on his apartment. Um, weirdly enough, Kate Bishop's aunt did too, but he has one of those on his apartment door. Um, you get to see his family. They are Jewish. Was wearing uh most Gentile yeah, people like we that? call. Yeah, it's not technically called that, but yeah, yeah. Um, he was wearing that. We, we get to see him have to go to a shiva, you know, and things like that. So you, they do openly acknowledge he's Jewish in this. They don't say it, but they at least go, there's, here's some Jewish shit. Um, but like, as, like I was saying right before we started recording, it's super weird that they made his dad not a rabbi in this. I think, like, why couldn't they have just had him be a rabbi? They had some rabbis in the in some of the scenes, you know? Why couldn't he have just been a rabbi? That's super weird to me. Like, they just had to change his costume. And it just openly acknowledges it more. You know what I mean? If you're not going to sit there and just actually use the words, I'm Jewish, you know, you could at least do that. Something, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that was the simplest way of acknowledging it the son of a rabbi from Chicago. Like when you're doing the, Hey, who's moon Knight?" And you were like, Oh, the, the character biography of Mark Spector. It typically starts with the son of a rabbi who grew up in Chicago, Mark Spector. <laughs> like that's almost moon Knight biography or like, you know, like little summaries of, of the character moon Knight. That's how they all start. Is that. And I was so, I thought that was so weird that they changed that. It's just a, and it's just kind of dumb to me that they just go out of their way to change that aspect of it. Like, to me, that's the easiest way of doing it. To go back to something I did quote earlier with Moon Knight, uh, in the current comic run, when I'm telling you, he openly acknowledges being a war criminal. The actual full scene, and I, I, I didn't say all of it earlier just because I wanted to save it for this, is they were like, his psychiatrist is like, well, isn't that a contradiction? And he goes, yeah, my father was a rabbi 
I'm a war criminal. I am a contradiction. You know, like he openly acknowledges his Jewish heritage in the comics. Like it is a part of his character. Like that's why I'm just like, that's such a weird thing that this comic issue where he says that literally comes out a month before the Moon Knight show airs and they're still not acknowledging it the same way. It's a weird disconnect. Yeah. You know, when, when they actually showed more of it than they typically do, it's like, why change that aspect? I understand they didn't want to have him getting tortured by Nazis because Nazis weirdly don't exist in the MCU. Everybody thinks they do. They don't. It's always Hydra. Every time you're thinking of a Nazi, it's Hydra. Or they just made him no longer a Nazi, like Baron Zemo from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Baron Zemo, super Nazi in the comics. Kind of just a guy in this, in the MCU. But Red Skull, they're like, oh, he's Hydra. Is he technically Hydra in the comics? Sure. Is he also a super Nazi in the comics? You bet. (laughs) They just always drop the Nazi part in the MCU. So, like, I get that they didn't want to have him get tortured by a Nazi. So they have him get tortured by his mom. That's kind of a weird slant. But, you know, that like, that's my, my the weird changes they made with it. But I will give them credit. They at least acknowledged Judaism more than most of the MCU has. But I will say this. Me and Heather live in the Chicagoland era, area. He grew up in Chicago. Where the fuck is a cave near Chicago <laughs> that his brother goes and drowns in? Right. There's no cave systems in the greater Chicagoland area. I even went and looked it up. <laughs> like the closest one to Chicago, I think is like 127 miles away. And it's like, it's in a national park. It's not like just some random, like, in, in Moon Knight, Disney plus Moon Knight, apparently, if you just walk right outside the city limits of Chicago, there's just caves that children die in. Maybe he was in a multiverse. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe the, the multiverse MCU version of Chicago is just Chicago and then Carlsbad, New Mexico, right outside of it. <laughs> just caves. Um, real quick, the word you were looking for, was it Kippa for the hats? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. I wanted to look up the correct term as well, Kippa. Yes. Yeah. Also, weird thing too. Apparently, if they touch the ground, you're supposed to kiss them. So whenever he threw it on the ground, having the breakdown, and he didn't kiss it, you know, a lot of some people, Jewish people, I saw talk about it, were like mad about that. I and I I would completely understand and respect that. I would just also within the aspects of the TV show. Mark does have in the comics even too has a very conflicted feelings with his faith and his father and his family. So would it be out of character? So use that scene of him not completely following procedures as a part of the following out. But yeah, you know where he is conflicted. You could have it be that the beginning of that or part of it or something. You could easily then acknowledge that part of it you know, something later or something like that. You know, because he could have been talking to Stephen afterwards. Like, whenever he's talking to Stephen and Stephen's like, oh my God, I didn't know that that's what happened to you and all this other stuff. And he'd be like, yeah. And having me even say something like, I should have kissed, you know, my kippa that day. And I couldn't even bring myself to do that. Something like that. Yeah, It's a cool little line. 
that would have meant the world to so many people that would totally fit within the context of the show. But yeah. it's just ultimately what ended up boiling down to it. It's the MCU doesn't care about all representation completely. And they cared more about certain other representations in this than they did others. And it's kind of sad that they made a competition out of it. I think it was, there, there were easily ways they could have done both and just kind of succeeded on all fronts and ultimately not even changed all this part. You know, like I said, throwing a line there, throwing a line there, throwing a line there. Have the dad just dress as a rabbi instead of just a guy. Bam. <laughs> You're hitting it on all fucking marks at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why you didn't try as hard with some of that stuff. I feel like that's yeah, a little Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, uh, somebody else go. I've talked so much in this. I feel, I do feel kind of bad. Like, yes, of course, it makes sense that I'm going to hijack the Moon Knight episode. Even though Justin, I would argue, is more of a fan than I am because he's <laughs> predicting best picture wins for it. Um, I don't know. What do you two go, though? Well, I mean, I just I'll say really quick, too, because I mean, I'm not going to be able to add much more because I didn't like I said, like I didn't have much to compare it to before this. So I don't have as many. I guess you would say issues or anything with it. Um but no, I think you're right. And like, it is a good point to bring up the, the, the Jewish heritage because you're right. Like if I sit and think about it, I'm like, you're right. I don't, they don't represent that. You know what I mean? So it is, it is one of those where um, it might've just been a small step, but it's good that they at least did it. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I think that, um, when it comes to the aspect of the DID and um, how he got it and the, the whole story about his, um, his mom and how his mom treated him and how abusive she was towards him and all of that, I found that to be a very compelling part of his story because I, I don't know, I just felt like kind of heartbroken for him with that because you just see like that kind of like what we were talking about before the interactions between, um, you know, Steven and Mark and just sort of that back and forth he's having with himself about like, this doesn't make sense. This wasn't right. This wasn't what happened. And the other one being like, no, it is. I just had to protect you from that, you know, and it was just a really compelling part of the story that I really loved because I mean, I, I always love to see the vulnerabilities of the superheroes and um, how they become the superhero that they are. Right. And I just think this was such a unique story to tell for that and definitely different than anything else I've seen as far as, you know, why. And, and again, even the representation of someone with DID in itself is really kind of a cool thing to see because it, it's very, um, forward thinking and, and being like, you know what? Somebody that has DID, they can also be a superhero. It's not always people that have a perfect life and have everything together and haven't been traumatized and whatever. So I just think that it was really cool to, to bring in the aspect of somebody that is so traumatized that they developed DID and still make them a huge part of Marvel. And I, I just think that's really, really cool. 
So I think probably everything that I w- did like about this, that's probably the thing I most liked because, yeah, I don't know, it just makes it feel very much more human and it makes the hero feel more human and more um, relatable in the sense of like, oh, yeah, definitely even superheroes go through trauma or go through really bad things, you know? So I, I think the way that they they did that was really well done. My only thing with this is though, and maybe I missed it and you guys can tell me, I didn't really see a connection with any other part of the Marvel universe. And I know we've talked about it being this standalone thing, but typically it usually ties in somehow. Maybe that went over my head, but I just didn't really see the tie in at all with it. So I don't know if you guys can fill me in on that, but yeah, that was just one thing. I wish I would have more obviously seen if they did connect it somehow. I don't think they actually do acknowledge anything else in the MCU. I don't even think they acknowledge the blip okay. in this. Um, okay. Yeah, good. That would, okay. makes me feel better because I was like, did I completely miss that? <laughs> no, they don't oh, really. I can't think of anything. The only thing I think that would be considered an acknowledgement of the overall greater MCU is the fact that the entire night sky flashes like 2000 years into the past and people are just like, eh, whatever. And then, you know, two Egyptian gods start battling and it doesn't even affect everybody's day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like not everybody's day was affected by that. So, you know, yeah, that's fair. Like some people were still just walking around the street going, eh, some gods are fighting back there. What do you expect? You know, <laughs> typical Tuesday. Yeah. Three years like, ago, yeah. half the population disappeared. You know, there's a celestial just sitting in the middle of the ocean. I don't even know what a celestial is, but there's a big fucking thing there. You know, you Although- remember when aliens invaded New York 10 years ago? <laughs> yep, that happened. So, yeah, right. of course, it's about damn time something happened here. That would be, to me, the only acknowledgement. Now that you bring up the blip, though, like, I wonder how how they could have played that, especially with him blacking out so much. Like, to have one of them be like, he blacked out to where just he was five years in the future. Like, I wonder how they could have played that, if that could have been an aspect they put into it. Um, I don't think they could, because it technically faded physical beings. So it's not like you could just fade away Mark or just fade away Steven. I mean, I guess that is true unless they tried to do something like he was Steven and then, you know, he had, I, I don't know, they, he was just the one person when he blacked out and was that same person when he came back. I don't know. But anyway, I just think that, yeah, it just would have been extra weird for him probably like if if he already kind of blacks out when he becomes a different person to black out basically for five years like I just think that would have been interesting but yeah I don't really think they would have I don't know how they would have done that well but um but yeah and again I just think the moments when they really could have shown some some really cool fight scenes or action sequences is the moments when he has blacked out. Like I remember in parts of it um, thinking, Oh, it's about to get to something really crazy. And then boom, it flashes to him being somewhere else. Like he had blacked out and it was something different. 
And I was like, oh, I thought that was about to build up to something else. So I just feel like I understand why they did it. But if they could have just put in a few of them where you could actually see the fight of what happened, you know, um, just to understand more of like the power and the tenacity of Moon Knight, you know? So I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, that's really the only other thing I wanted to add to it. But just from from my perspective, because I love psychology and those aspects of it, that's why I loved the the DID perspective of the whole show. Cool. I guess it is my turn. Um, I mean, I guess really the 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 main thing that I just wanted to talk about was just the dynamic between. Mark and Steven. And then whenever Layla is introduced and comes into it, uh, really just that three-way dynamic was really good, I thought. It was compelling most of the time. It was entertaining most of the time. The back and forth, even the sort of love triangle that started to happen where you could kind of see her falling for Steven. But then Mark was also kind of was getting jealous and reacting to how they were reacting to each other. I just really enjoyed all of that. And I just really enjoyed that even though, you know, we're looking at one Oscar Isaac, he just did so incredibly well at just portraying the two different characters, well, really three, the three different characters that, it just never like it was just so compelling throughout, like even though you know he was there by himself, and then later when in the asylum episode, when we sort of have this split apart where there was you know where now we're seeing a physical mark and Stephen, he was great in all of those scenes too, I mean, he just did such an incredible job. And I know that I had that slip up about Moon Knight being a best picture winner and stuff like that. But man, the acting that he did in this, like if there was an award given for like the best MCU actor of the year or anything like that, you'd be hard pressed to not give it to him. I mean, you know, it'd be him and probably uh, Olsen as Wanda would probably be your top two. But, But I mean... He just was incredible in this. I mean, I just can't. I think that to see his performance as this Mark Steven Moon Knight character is almost worth the price of admission alone, just to see how he balanced all of his acting in that. Um, but, but, but even with that, you know, the way the story plays out, how it starts with this guy and, you know, you're you're seeing Stephen's life and he's chaining himself to a bed and it's just all these weird things are happening and people are trying to tell him, hey, you asked me out on a date. He doesn't seem to remember it. He just seems like this really weird, eccentric person. But I just love that the story was so well done. By the time you get to the end of this, you definitely understand what he is and you understand why Mark Spector created him. Um, you you get a ch- you get a chance to understand like the guilt that Mark must have been feeling 
whether it was about his brother and the way his mom made him feel about the death of his brother. And, you, you know, you just get to understand all of it. Um, and I thought that it was just very well done from a narrative perspective, like from a storytelling perspective, it was just well executed with all of that stuff. And so, and especially having this character that has DID and everything like that, I just think they did a great job of showing the different aspects of it and how those dynamics work and how that all worked to kind of make this complete person and what he was doing and how he was running away from his past and using another personality to sort of do that and protect him. And even though in a way he was protecting Steven, you could see how when you get the whole story, you understand how really he's protecting himself. It's his, him sort of, it's sort of how he's dealing with his trauma. So all of that just was was great to me. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. You know, like you said, with showing the vulnerabilities and stuff like that. But to me, a superhero is really just made on what is their why. You know, a lot of the time that makes or breaks whether or not a character is compelling. And I just think that they created a good why for this story. You know, you know everything that he was doing and why he was doing what he was doing. And then also that ties into his connection with Khonshu and this whole thing about this God that wants to basically eradicate people that do wrong. And, you know, I want to, you know, Khonshu is all about, I want to, you know, I want to bring an end to these wrongdoers and people like that. But I like the, the dichotomy of that with what Harrow and I, I forget the alligator goddess. I forget her name. Amit. Yeah, Amit. Yes. But I liked the the kind of the 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 yeah, the dichotomy of those two where one was like, well, yes, I want to eradicate evil, but I have to but I can't do that until the person does it. You know, that that whole thing about you're until you're guilty I don't want to punish you. And then the, on the other side, Amit's going, well, no, I'll just punish them before they even get a chance to do that. And the back and forth with that, I, I liked that. I liked the clash of ideals with the gods, you know, rather than them just kind of being these uninteresting things. And then, you know, you sort of have the people or the more interesting aspect. Normally, that's how it usually works with something like this. And I guess, yes, um, Mark Spector and Layla and all of them were more interesting than Khonshu and Ahmed and all of them. But still, I thought the gods were interesting enough and you understood their beliefs and what they wanted to do and everything like that. So it made for a good clash whenever they all got together and everybody is sort of, because in the battles of this, you know, a, a lot of it was less about the violence, more about ideals. You know, anytime these characters got together, there was a lot of shouting back and forth of ideals. And well, well, what I believe is the way that we should operate. No, what I believe is what we need to do. So there was a lot of that. And I just, I guess I just appreciated all those dynamics. I thought that all of that um, was good stuff. It worked for me, not really knowing 
a lot about these characters and everything like that. I just think they did a good job of helping a person understand character motivations and stuff like that. I just thought all of that stuff was on point. Um, and I liked kind of the, the, the Indiana Jones ish kind of adventure of it all. You know, we're going on this adv- adventure and we've got to find this scarab and the scarab is something that reveals a map of this. And then you got these two opposing sides and then one, you know, Harold gets that. So then, you know, Mark and Steven and Layla, they got to find a different way to kind of uh, figure out where this sarcophagus is. And then it leads into that and stuff like that. And then all the little tidbits about Alexander the Great and the clues and all that stuff. You know, I, I thought that this was kind of fun, man. I thought that all that was fun, being reminded of some of the Egyptian um lore and the gods and stuff like that. You know, all of that stuff was fun. And then the whole thing about Alexander the Great and, oh, he's a Macedonian, but he wanted to be known as an Egyptian. All of those little fun facts and stuff they threw into this. You know, I found all of that cool. You know, I thought all of that was um, pretty fun stuff. Um, The only thing I think that this series probably was lacking in was the was the action scenes not so much though the way that y'all are complaining about him as far as the violence i just think that there was maybe a lack of creativity not so much violence i i I didn't feel like i needed more blood and gore but just yeah i think i said it the right way i just think that maybe if there were just a few more set pieces Maybe if they were a little more action oriented, like if maybe if we were moving from one place to another or if you had a fight going on down here on the street and then there was another fight going on up in a building and maybe somehow we did some stuff or dodged some stuff and then those fights kind of then came together or something. I don't know. I Maybe I needed more of something like that. Like I think about the... Maybe Fight more frequency. John Wick with the dogs, huh? No, no. I was talking about frequency of fights. Yeah, or or, or or maybe just more. Yeah, like the frequency and like the location. If they had played around with it a little bit more, or like you know, how Indiana Jones. Sometimes we're on top of a tank, and the tank is about to go off the cliff. So, so Indiana Jones is fighting, but there's this time limit because in a moment. We're going to go off a cliff. I think I needed more of that kind of creativity. If there was something happening, and I guess maybe they thought they had it because there was this whole time thing of, well, you've got the gods fighting over here and we've got to get Harrow because that's the only way to stop the the goddess of men. Maybe they thought they had that, but I don't know. I needed more stuff like that, like what I referenced, like more neat stuff like that as far as creativity, I think, would have yeah, helped fair. Yeah. the fight scenes. Well, I hope I'm making sense. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, I think the fight choreography was very good because at times it was probably some of the best hand-to-hand fighting we've seen in the MCU outside of, like, a Captain America Winter Soldier. When they were doing some of the hand-to-hand stuff with it, it was utterly fantastic. When yeah, I'll sh- agree with that. And even when the projectiles... Sometimes they would do these cool overhead shots where he would jump and, you know, 
throw the projectiles and it'd be a top view and you'd see the two guys get cut and then it would come down. You know, sometimes they did some cool things with the weapons too, but. Well, when they got the most creative in a fight sequence was the final fight. When he's going back and forth between being Steven, like, you know, the, the Mr. Knight Moon Knight and then the, the Mark Spectre Moon Knight going back and forth with that. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was you know, great. And that's that, something that, that that's probably that's definitely the best fighting of the movie. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree. And that's something that due to the way they adapted Moon Knight in this, you can only get that in this. So that's actually kind of cool, you know. In the other in the comics, that's a physical costume change. <laughs> you know, he has to like go and take off Moon Knight costume, put on the Mr. Knight costume. You know what I mean? That's a costume change. So it's cool that they added something to this that you can only get in this. They, they kind of made fit into it. That was super cool. I loved that when he's all sitting there throwing some moon crescents, hitting a guy, then turning around. And now he's Mr. Knight with the truncheons. And he's fucking hitting them with some metal and shit. Like that was super cool. But you yeah. also had to wait. And it also was the progression of the character too. Cause you know, at first it was like, uh oh, I got to fight. We better get Mark out here so he could take care of this. Or it was Steven going, oh, I'm just going to be stubborn and not use Mark because I'm trying to prove a point to Layla or something like that. But at the end, when they're fighting together, it's like the best fighting that he did. And it kind of felt like a reward for what these characters, the the journey that both characters had, you know. And that's one of those scenes, too, which at first I was very conflicted because when they debut Mr. Knight in, in episode two. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to fight. And he's kind of a dumbass and all that stuff. And I'm like, I was legitimately kind of pissed because some of my favorite Moon Knight fight sequences in the comics are when he's dressed as Mr. Knight. Dude, they do one issue where there's like no dialogue until like the last two pages, but it's pretty much the raid done in comic book form. This gangster kidnaps a little girl and is holding her hostage at the top of this, like top floor of this apartment building. And now it's not like a big sprawling one like that. It's like a normal, like New York apartment building thing. And there's like a bunch of like gang members, you know, like, you know, his henchmen on all the floors and Moon Knight just has to fight his way up to that person. But he's dressed as Mr. Knight. Dude, there's no words in the entire comic to like the end. And it's just him beating the fuck out of people left and right till he gets <laughs> to the top. And then that's what he called. Oh, shit. My cats are going fucking haywire because they know this video actually counts. They're moving my camera. They're knocking over wooden <laughs> planks. My fucking cats are acting, acting <laughs> a damn fool right now. Anyway. Um. And then, like, so I was like, man, that's that's some bullshit that he's going to be a like just a fucking dumbass every time he's Mr. Knight. I was kind of pissed. But like I said, series goes on. I start to like Stephen more. I like I loved the way they did that story arc of uh, Stephen and Mark coming together, finding common ground and Stephen realizing because Mark can do it. I can do it. So now he's a full fledged fighter as Mr. Knight also. And all this stuff. I was like, I really, I loved that story arc. I think it's fantastic. I thought they handled that in an incredibly smart way. So by the end of that part of it, the Mr. Knight character 
feels closer to my comic book version, but it's still new and different to where you guys don't need my comic book version to also like that character. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah, that's a you good know? point. And, and he was badass at the end of that, man. When he had the nightsticks, it was just, blah, 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 blah. Man, he was, th- that was pretty tight. Like, I liked the whole Mr. Knight thing. And then hearing you say, well, in the actual comics, it's a costume change and he sort of has to, I, I, I kind of like, I'm kind of digging what they did in this, where oh, the I Mr. Like it too. Knight is yeah. Steven. Yeah. That's each personality kind of has their suit, you know. I even kind of like how they did it where he was like, they kept telling him, summon the suit, summon the suit. So when Steven summoned it, it was a suit. It was a like a literal <laughs> jacket coat slacks suit gimmick. I thought that that was even kind of funny, yeah. you know. And, and nobody said it yet, but... But I laughed a couple of times at this man, you know, like it's not funny like Thor Ragnarok or it's it's not it wasn't funny like, I don't know, Hawkeye was or anything like that. But it had its moments, man, like whenever they're in the Jeep or whatever and they're driving and, you know, him, Mark and Layla are arguing and then, you know, um, Stephen goes, yeah. It's just going to be you and me in the open road. And then the car stops abruptly. And she's like, well, we're on foot from here. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know. Steven was just, maybe it was more Steven than anybody. But he was so funny when he was Steven, man. Like, I really, really enjoyed his Steven. Like, if I had to break down what characters I like the best or whatever, I loved Steven. Steven was just... Steven was great, you know. So. Yeah, I think that's it for me, though. I think that's all I have. Yeah, I mean, focusing on Steven a little bit, I loved I loved his dynamic with Layla. And it kind of goes back into things both of you guys have said. I, Oscar Isaac playing Mark and Layla and Steven and Layla differently is utterly fantastic. Like... Well, going back to the comedy stuff, Justin, I mean, the ending of the fourth episode when Mark and and Steven are running around the asylum and then they come across, you know, gigantic hippo goddess and then just like cartoon scream. You know? Yeah. 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 So like it, it did have some humor. I liked the fact that they weren't as quippy with a lot of the humor. Marvel movies are very quippy with their humor. So I kind of like the fact that they weren't as quippy. I kind of like the fact that this didn't tie into the greater MCU as of now. You know, they, it, it can at any point, because like I said, the only actual connection to the MCU that this truly shows is Black Panther. Weirdly enough, that's the real like connection they have with it. But it does allow for some different things like, you know, Moon Knight's been a member of the Midnight Suns, which that's Doctor Strange. That's Wong. That's uh, Blade. We know Blade's coming with the Black Knight. You know, he's been teamed with them before in the Midnight Suns. They handle more supernaturally like threatening things, you know, like they they form together to go kill the devil. You know, so they he could always go team up with them. He's been a part of the Marvel Knights 
with Punisher and Daredevil. You know, they're coming to the MCU. They've officially announced, you know, Daredevil's coming back for a season four that's a soft reboot, but kind of not, you know. So Daredevil can then go join them, you know. Or, I mean, uh, Moon Knight can go join them. It's a little bit harder because he hasn't been in uh, New York in the TV shows, like so, which has made sense why he was part of the Marvel Knights. But, you know, he can still go join them. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of little things like that. You know, there's teams he can join. Um, so of characters they've introduced, you know what I mean? So like, there are things that he could show up for. I just kind of hope the next thing he doesn't show up for is just randomly some of this time shit or this multiverse shit. That's not completely in what Moon Knight does. I say that, although there is an, an, uh, an annual story that, uh, Moon Knight did fight King the Conqueror in six different Moon Knights throughout the timelines did beat the fuck out of King the Conqueror. So, you know, Moon Knight's on that shit. Just saying. He can beat some people up. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, there are opportunities that Moon Knight can tie into. It's just, where can they legitimately tie him in? Because you still have some more explaining to do. That's my worry. They didn't explain all the character stuff that they introduced in this. There's still more to explain. How are you going to do that if the next movie he's in or the next thing he's in is a team-up? Right. Yeah. You know. How are you going to explain Jake or, yeah, you know, I mean, you could try to do tackle all of that, but, you know, but then you're just, it's just going to be that much harder. It might suffer in quality. Yeah. It's good. It's you're gonna trying feel- to introduce a new aspect to him. You're trying to get this character over. Then the two characters you got in it or multiple characters you got in it. They got to have a dynamic, uh, you know, you're going to have arcs out the ass that you're going to have to get to the end of. When they just could have done two more episodes of this and done all of it. And he's just free to go join everything now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I'm kind of bummed about it is, you know, how are they going to have Moon Knight join like the Midnight Suns when Mark Spector at the end of this doesn't think Moon Knight's a thing anymore? Jake still does. But, you know, Steven and Mark don't. So is Jake just going to take over? And we're just going to get Jake Moon Knight the whole time? And then Mark's going to be like, wait a second, how did I get here? Oh, no, there's a third one. And they're like, what are you talking about? What do you mean, Mark? Your name's Jake. And he's going to go, oh, no, there's another personality. And then have that be a story arc for the Midnight Suns dealing with Moon Knight having an existential crisis because he just realized he had a third personality? That's a little weird. Uh, yeah when they could have just done two more episodes season two please they could have just done two more episodes of this season done eight episodes total bam called it a day everything is explained just saying that's true I thought about that too actually you know uh you guys have any more any more Moon Knight things I have one final thing I want to bring up on our 200th episode I'm good I'm good. All right, final thing, real quick, super quick. Just explain to me again how the fuck you're putting Burger King in a top five fast food thing. <laughs> it's a very important <laughs> Luke question. Look, Sterling. I want people to see the shame on your face as you answer this because you know it's, it's a shame. shameful answer. I'm going to proudly say 
the burgers are flame broiled, Sterling. That's, that's all I know. When I eat them with cheese and bacon, I like them. So I eat them. That's all I can explain to you. That's all I can tell you. I just much rather have a burger. Like if I have to get a burger, if it's a burger I want, I'm going to probably have a more of a taste for a Burger King, like a Whopper, than the, the, the only one I would put burger, like I would like probably go out to get other than that would probably be like five guys. And, you know, I like McDonald's burgers, but I don't know. I just find myself having a taste for that BK, man. I know he's greatly offended right now. <laughs> he's so angry. You haven't tried the Bacon King, man. It was the Bacon King, bro. That Bacon King just, oh my goodness, man. They put so much bacon and cheese on it, Sterling. It's so much. Justin. <laughs> so much. I've had a fucking Bacon King, Justin. That's not oh, yeah. a new revolutionary thing. Honestly, you want to know, it was about three weeks ago. The only reason why I did it is because I was craving onion rings. And Burger King has onion rings. Wasn't my first choice, though. I went to White Castle first. White Castle was out of onion rings. Oh. (laughs) So my ass went to Burger King, and I was like, well, I can't just eat onion rings and french fries. So I'm like, let me get a burger. I got a bacon king. You know what it tasted like? Just a burger king. And that is the most (laughs) insulting adjective you could ever give a burger. That it tasted like burger king. You do realize, Justin, that you were the first person in the history of humanity that has ever said that when they want a burger, they want a burger king. (laughs) <laughs> the founder of Burger King didn't even feel that way. Burger <laughs> King employees don't even feel that way. Justin, outside of when you've gone to Burger King with other people, like you, that you drug people, I wouldn't call them your friends because you're taking them to Burger King with you, but just people that you are choosing to torture. When you took them to Burger King, was there anyone else at the Burger King other than the employees? No, there wasn't. Because every Burger King for the last six years has perpetually looked like it's closed. (laughs) Come on, man. It's the king, man. I don't understand. I just, I don't understand, Sterling. It's the king of what, Justin? Of mediocre fucking fast food. And that's saying a lot because it's already fast food. So you're already sitting at mediocre level of food and somehow they get below that. (laughs) Are you, are you honestly telling me, Justin, that you prefer a Burger King bacon king over something like a baconator? I do like their burgers better than Wendy's. I do. That is just utterly preposterous, Justin. Wendy's is pretty good, but I mean, Justin, Wendy's fries are better and their chicken sandwich is better. The chicken is not the thing. I will give you that. The chicken <laughs> can go in the garbage bin. Burger Wendy's King has better had a good fries. sandwich. Of course, they're frosty. They've got, and I like their chicken sandwiches. Normally, my go to 
when I go to Wendy's, it's like, I'm probably going to get the chicken sandwich because it's fantastic. But BK, man, it's just something about that flame broiled Whopper, brother. Justin, all they do is take a fucking frozen hamburger patty and throw it over a fucking gas grill for a little bit, Justin. (laughs) And somehow you think that that's actually a flavor. You actually believe it's a flavor. Do you know what that little bit of flavor is, Justin? It's essentially like butane gas or something. It's like propane. It's like gas flavoring. It's not actually anything. Dude, it's the fact that they throw fucking liquid smoke on their shit before they do it. It has nothing to do with their flame broiled shit. If I'm remembering correctly nowadays, the flame broiler at Burger King is essentially a conveyor belt that just has flames in it. And they just throw the fucking patty on it. And this conveyor belt just takes it over some flames and then it's done. And somehow you think that that is peak culinary fucking burgerdom at this point. (laughs) They got me, man. It was just great advertising. I saw the flames and I was like, man, it's cool how they make their burgers. And maybe it just seeped into me as a kid and I just never lost that taste for them. Justin, somehow, no matter how much condiments you put on a Burger King burger, have you ever noticed that they actually get drier? <laughs> well, I'm a plain and dry. I mean, that's how I, that's how I eat it. Justin, you know? no, I, I, all right, this is how I know you're lying and full of shit. Nobody can actually eat a Burger King burger without condiments on it because it would dehydrate your body and kill you. Man, I just I just can't believe you hate Burger King so much. Justin, the just, world hates Burger King. Like, like I said, what happened to when you? was the last time you saw them have another customer, Justin? When was the last time you saw them have another customer? If you've gone through the drive-thru at Burger King, have you ever in the last four years had another car in front of you in their drive-thru? No, you didn't. It was clear sailing the whole way up there. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, Justin, because you're the only motherfucker that eats at any Burger King in the Permian Basin. Outside of whatever sad, pathetic soul you drag to there also. Maybe they're just so fast, man. They care about service, man. They, they put it on the frame, the flame broiler, man, and they just get it out to you. They're just so quick. You don't ever see lines. Have you waited less than seven minutes any time you've gone to Burger King, Justin? No, you haven't. <laughs> no. Oh, you man. could go there at 12.05 in the afternoon, peak lunch rush hour. There will be nobody in front of you, nobody behind you. It will still take seven minutes. And you still won't see another car at any point during that other than the parked cars of the employees that are slaves to capitalism that are forced to make you that devil food. Wow. Devil food. The devil food. And Justin, I thought we discussed this on like episode 100. (laughs) How are you putting Raisin Cane's as one, Justin? I thought we had a breakthrough. That you would openly acknowledge that it's it's just got good sauce and it's not the best. But it 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 you know, you just might happen to crave it more than others. You can't put it at number one, Chastin. It's my favorite to have. It's my favorite fast food to eat, though. It's just my list, Sterling. It's my how am I wrong about my list? It's my list. Because your list has <laughs> canes as number one and Burger King in the top you just, five. You just came in there 
attacking everybody else's. <laughs> it's my, how can I be wrong about my personal list? How are my taste buds wrong? I just eat the stuff and I go, I like it or not. Because you think Burger King's in the top five of all fast food. That proves your taste buds are wrong. Or maybe it just means I am not a frequent person. I'm not a fast food connoisseur, okay? I just have a little taste for stuff and I eat it every once in a while. But and so maybe I just like the, the garbage of the garbage. I don't know the difference. I don't know what gourmet junk food is. I don't know what that is. I, I do. Just, Listen I want to a burger. An let me just eat a burger. I'm just saying. Uh, then the next day it's back to veggies and crap. I'm done with it after that. Okay, I'm not Justin. I'm a connoisseur of the junk. Okay, Justin. If you break your leg, are you going to go to a doctor? <laughs> or are you going to go to your local subway and, have, and talk to a sandwich <laughs> artist? Damn, it's like that. So you're equating. So what I'm doing when I go to Burger King, it's like going to a subway with a broken leg. Yeah. And expecting them to fix your leg. Now, if you go there with a broken leg, expecting them to make you a sandwich, right, you actually went to the right place. But if you went to them to get your leg fixed, that's 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 your that's your fast food list, Justin. I'm just saying you should listen to an expert. Well then, well educate me. What what are what are the top level fast food places in your opinion? Just based on taste. All right, you're just basing it on taste because that's the thing, or uh, taste because that's the thing, Justin. Is there's so many levels to what you to what is appropriate for fast food. You've got just in general quality of food. You've got time, uh, price. You know, I don't go to Taco Bell because I'm like, oh, man, I want some quality Mexican food. I'm like, oh, I don't I want like nine things of food and I don't want to spend more than eight bucks. So I go to Taco Bell. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Or, you know, there are times that I might be seriously craving, you know, Culver's, which is a a fast food train that's more up here, you know, Um, but it's slightly slower. You know what I mean? So I don't go to Culver's if I'm if I'm if I've got time constraints, you know, because I might have to sit and wait. You know, that's the thing, Justin, is you can't simply break it down by that. There's so many factors that come into play when deciding fast food. It's not that simple of an answer. I mean, if we just want to go in general to fast food preferences, like if you wanted to go all things being equal. You know, your time, money, everything, all things being considered equal. I mean, I do think that overall, you almost have to put McDonald's at the top by default. Just for the sheer fact that it's typically more consistent than any other fast food out there. Variations in in product from location to location to location are very minimal. I think they have more quality control than anything like that. And I'm not even necessarily saying that they make a better product. I do think that the best fast food burger out there, pound for pound, is a Whataburger fast food burger. You know, there are a lot of people also that they they love coming to me because, you know, I'm whatever considered like Mr. Whataburger. That they're like, 
oh, hey, I went, you know, like up here in Chicago, they're like, oh, yeah, I went to a Whataburger last month. I was down in, like, you know, Texas, went to a Whataburger. You're like, oh, they're, they're like, I've had better burgers. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying it's the best burger in the world. You could go to a fucking five-star restaurant, sure, and get a better burger than you can a fucking Whataburger. You're also paying, like, 30 bucks for your burger, and I'm paying, like, you know, eight. But for a fast food burger, I do consider Whataburger top. But I do think that the probably the best pound per pound restaurant when it comes to fast food is McDonald's. You've got a better selection. And I think while they might not be the best at any one thing, you know, their chicken's not the best. Like you said, Justin, Wendy's, superior chicken sandwiches. Popeye's, superior chicken sandwiches. But a McDonald's, you know, spicy chicken sandwich is pretty damn good too. And it costs me like, I can get like two for three Respectable. bucks. Respectable. It's, yeah. it's everything they have. I will agree with you on that. And that's why I did have it on my list. Everything they have is respectable. Like, and then some things, the fries are top tier, in my opinion. I, I really love their fries. You know? Yeah. Well, I love their fries. Whenever their fries are hot. I do think the weird thing about yeah. McDonald's fries is McDonald's fries are scientifically engineered to get colder faster than any French fries in existence. I don't know how they get colder mm. so much faster than anybody else. <laughs> But they do. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing with them. Like, that's why I consider the consistency part of it. Because they're never the bottom at anything. No. You know what I mean? That's true. They might not that's be the best, true. but they are never the bottom. And they've got some good burgers. The 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 Big Mac is a good burger. The quarter, the double quarter pounder is a, is a good burger. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very respectable, like, you know, and the nuggets, I just love their nuggets. Now, maybe that's a childhood thing. I don't know how they compare to every nugget. I don't know if they're the, the bottom or top, but I feel like they have a really good chicken nugget. I get those. But like a, a Wendy's, I go. a Wendy's chicken nuggets typically better. But like you said, though, every once in a while, you just got to have McDonald's nuggets. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, I want nuggets. And then you're just thinking about it. And you're like, I don't want any nuggets. I want some Mickey D's nuggets. I want those you know? nuggets. Yep. And that's why I do think that it is essentially the king of it, of fast food. Um, outside of that, I do think you get a little bit more play. I do think Burger King deserves to be on no one's list ever. Um, I do think Wendy's is vastly superior to Burger King in almost every way, shape, or form. I think the burgers are better. Their chicken's better. The fries are better. The milkshake slash Frosties are better. I think everything pound for pound Wendy's does is superior to Burger King. Maybe with the exception of breakfast. And I think that that's because both of them do an abysmal breakfast. <laughs> Man, now, now, I don't eat their breakfast very much. I kind of like the croissant, which. It's weirdly. They're good. Which one? Who? Whataburger breakfast. Whataburger's breakfast? And so is McDonald's. McDonald's straight up, like outside of like, I think, you know, Whataburger, which is slightly more like regional. McDonald's is king at breakfast, though. It's true. Outside of something, outside of something like a donut shop or a Dunkin' Donuts, something like that. Sure. They, you know, they might have to be slightly better at it because that's their specialty. But man... You get a sausage egg McMuffin, 
there's not a single thing Burger King does on any of their menus that can even top a sausage, you know, a sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. Or even, what's that thing, a McGriddle? I yeah, love those. A bacon a pancake, McGriddle? Yeah. Uh, buns sort of thing. Oh, my God, those are so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the hot cakes. They're, they're little pancakes. They're fine. Too. And you can get some sausage, bacon. It's, it's, it's fine, you know? Respectable. Yeah. That's true. They don't do anything bad. I will give you that. They don't do anything bad. There's nothing there that is bad. The McFlurries, even the dessert stuff, the McFlurries. They the got apple a, pie? They, they, they got a Frappuccino, the McCafe or whatever. It's pretty good. Like, yeah. The pie? Yeah. They don't so, do anything bad. That's true. So, yeah. So, like, if you wanted just to go in general burgers, like I said, I do think Whataburger is tops when it comes to burgers. But I do think Wendy's has a very respectable burger list and, and a little bit of variety and stuff like that. I do think if you're going solo chicken, it is Popeye's. I think Popeye's, when it comes to all chicken products, uh, delivers a vastly superior product, you know, than any other chicken establishments out there. Because you don't, you don't get any variety at Cane's. You get no variety. It's, you know, the, the only thing you really get variety on is how much sauce you want. You yeah. know, do you want eight how gallons? Do you or want three, four, six? That's it. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I just, I just love to eat there. I don't know what it is. I guess I just, well, chicken strips. I've, I've always loved chicken strips. So part of it is just that. And I don't know. I just like the the they got the chicken strips and the crinkle cut fries, man. And the sauce is oh, good. You just, and the fucking crinkle cuts, dear God! I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, man. I gotta have I my forget, crinkles, brother. I forgot that that's one of the weird criterias for you is crinkle, crinkle. cut fries. Mm-hmm. Like you're a fucking savage. <laughs> a savage. The, the 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 they're they're considered a garbage fry. Oh, now you are not gonna tell me. That crinkle cut fries are a garbage fry. They are not bottom tier. Don't even tell me that. Don't even act like that. They are bottom tier French fry. A straight cut French fry is better. A wedge cuts better. A chip cuts better. A curly fry is better. Waffle fries are better. Uh, I do. Per- I prefer. I prefer a shoestring French fry. You know something like at Murray's Deli. I prefer that to a crinkle cut. No way, dude. No way. Waffle is better. Okay, I'll give you that. I don't like the stringy little small ones. Forget that. I'd rather have the cricket cuts than those. Those are the bottom you know, tier. Those little stringy ones. Oh, those oh, I are love bottom shoe strings here. Shoestrings are infinitely better than crinkle cut. Now, I will say this. Uh, I prefer crinkle cuts to a steak fry. I'm not a huge fan of a steak fry. Yeah, I don't like those either. For whatever reason, a lot of places, they don't get the outside crispy enough and they don't get the inside fluffy enough. If if they did that, it would almost be the best french fry because it's bigger, it's thicker. So if it's crispier and fluffier, I'd be top tier because you get like more crisp because of the size of the fry and more fluff because of its thickness. It'd be great. It's just no one ever gets it right. No, it's never so I'll perfect. give you that. Crinkle cuts better than a steak fry. 
But yeah, wow. you're out your damn mind with the rest of this shit. I guess I'm too simple, man. I guess I'm too simple when it comes to my fast food. I guess I'm not picky enough. I'm not. I don't know. I just, I'm just so simple with it. What do I want? A burger? I look to my left. Oh, Burger King's the closest. I'll go there this time. Oh, look. Um, I feel like McDonald's. Let me go get some fries and some nuggets. Okay. Or, oh, I feel like. I, oh, I, want, I really want some chicken strips. Man, I really want some canes. Let me go there and get it. I'm just, I don't consider all those things. Well, like, you got it down to a science. I'm just, maybe that's what it is. I'm too simple. So my ranking is just really, like, hella basic, which is what a lot of people said. Man, why'd you put all that basic shit on there? I have people message me, bro. Like, you don't understand how much attitude I got. From that fast food. I'm surprised food you list. didn't and get people, a I'm surprised you didn't get somebody that was like, I've never had fast food. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's probably that's just about the only response I did get. And normally there's always somebody that goes, Oh, I don't eat this stuff. You know, I, I was waiting. I kinda got one. There was one lady that was like, Oh, you know, I am a vegan and I never eat meat and you know, she was giving me a laundry list of things of why she doesn't eat fast food because it's bad and all that stuff. And I mean, I get all that. Okay, you're healthy, but I'm just making a list, lady. <laughs> this like, is not the place for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making a list. But you'd be surprised how many people message me, man, why you got all that basic shit on your list? And I'm like, dang, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I don't have Chipotle on it. I don't have the Panda Express on it. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Somebody's coming at you, calling you basic, and they're bringing fucking Chipotle up. There is yes. nothing more basic, white bitch, than fucking Chipotle. Come on, get the What's fuck the out of here deal? with that Chipotle shit. Get the fuck What's out of here with Chipotle. Deal? And I know Heather's feeling attacked right now. But get the fuck <laughs> out of here with Chipotle. No, what I was going to say is I understand the whole like basic stuff too, because like, even when it comes to my burgers, even I'm just very simple with what I like with my food. I'm like, give me a cheeseburger with just mayo or something like very basic. I know that's a terrible thing for you to hear me say, probably Sterling, but, <laughs> but I just, you know, I'm, I'm very simple when it comes to like, me the fast food that I want right so I understand that that basic just like give me a McDonald's give me a whatever like I completely get it so I'm I'm on your page with that and yes I do like Chipotle but I guess I don't I I guess I don't really put that in the fast food category maybe I should but I guess I just never really fully considered it like fast food I guess it is but it's not like a, a drive through, like, you know, I, I guess I just don't associate it's, it the same, but the only reason why to me that it should be considered the same is it's the exact same thing as subway, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true, but yeah, I guess it just never, when I, when I do have it, I guess I never just like, I really want fast food Chipotle. I it just never connects as the same thing for me, but you're right. I guess it is. I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of a similar way. Like people were like, Domino's or Little Caesars. I guess I guess pizza is is it fast food? No. 
Fast, See, it's, it's, I, it's a I different wouldn't category. consider that fast food either. We could do a whole episode of what yeah, it counts it, as fast food. Because it takes so long to get the pizza made. Like, that's not fast food. Yeah, it's not is. fast. Yeah. If it's not hot and ready, it's not fast. Right. And it's not like exactly, Little Caesars, right? actually. Little Caesars says they have hot and ready. Little Caesars don't have hot and readies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to just fucking order in the app, okay? That's what they want you to do. Like, no, pizza is not, not fast food. No. Okay. See, I didn't think it would no. be. No, no, no. No, no. People are crazy when they're saying that shit. Come on. Come on. Justin, okay. When you come up when you come up here, well, I'm not going to kill you because I know if I if I'm like Justin, we are going on a deep fast food, you know, you know Odyssey. Yeah. Adventure. That would kill you. <laughs> yes. But I'm going to go more or less like for up here cuz I can't do my full top list up here. But we're going to do it like a top tier, like list of stuff up here. Okay. And we'll I'll only take it to like two or three or something. Okay. We won't kill I'm you. Down. Two or I'm three. Down. All right. And I'm going to show you that, that Burger King is garbage. <laughs> There's like, did I take you to Culver's last time you were here, Justin? I don't no, think I did. I don't I know you okay. didn't. You didn't. So and we got to do that. And I can tell you right now you'll like a Culver's. You know why? They got crinkle cuts, Jastin. Oh, he wants to go there first now. <laughs> no, you should be more excited because they have cheese curds. So that is the superior side in that, you know, thing. But but Jastin they do have crinkle cuts. But they've got a butter burger. So it's a it's a vastly superior type of burger. You're very much on keto, Jastin. You can do a bunless butter burger. So essentially after they're done cooking the burger, they just throw like a little slim pad of butter on it and let the butter melt into the burger. Oh, he's excited. He's excited for it. Look at that. That's good, dude. That's a Wisconsin September thing. September can't come fast enough. <laughs> September can't come. How are we going to record this in September? I would just be on somebody's screen. Oh, yeah. we. I've got ways. Or we would just be there all together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it, but yeah. I got ways, That'll don't worry fun. about it. That's down the line. That'll be fun. More importantly, Justin, I just want you to know now you will renounce Burger King by the time I'm done with you. You will renounce okay. it. Challenge accepted. I'm gonna renounce <laughs> it. I'm gonna do some straight up Wonder Woman eighty four stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. I'm down. Challenge accepted. All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet, www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out on TikTok, where we're Cinema Slayers pod. Check us out on YouTube, search for Cinema Slayers podcast. This is the, only, the first one. You just see our shiny, beautiful faces. So check that out. Um, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, don't be surprised if there's ads on episodes coming up. We are changing hosting platforms. That will be one of the side effects of it, but we will try to keep it to a minimum. But, you know, bills. So keep that in mind because this is free, but we'll always keep this free for you. We want you to hear and see us and think about us freely. So ads. Like I said, we'll keep it minimum. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, uh, tell your mothers. You know why? Scientifically proven. Mothers love Oscar Isaac. And they should. Yeah. And Josh yeah. Hawk. 
and Ethan Hartnett. <laughs> Josh Hawk and Ethan Hartnett. Oh, shout out to F. Murray Abraham. The voice of Kanchu. Everybody knows him, too. He's been in tons of movies. Everybody loves him. Shout out to him. He's great, too. Yeah, uh, he was. And, uh, you know, as always in the TikToks and always in the podcast, just remember, uh, the show we just fucking talked about in its movie form, uh, Justin thinks is the best picture winner. Look, I hate every sound effect in the fucking world. I'm sorry, my yeah, cat's blocking that? my sound pad, okay? Weirdly enough, I'm going to fix it in the outgoing because I'll just put the song over it. But my cat's blocking my sound pad. I couldn't actually see what I was fucking hitting. I'm like, I just kept hitting shit going, no, that's wrong. I could argue that the moral of Moon Knight is have it your way, which is also the slogan of Burger King. You were you were waiting for that one. You were waiting to, <laughs> to reel that one in. <laughs> hey, Justin, you remember on Facebook when you asked other people, hey, what did you think of Moon Knight? And nobody more often than not gave it above a mediocre. Do you yeah. really want to say it's the Burger King of it then, Justin? So you're openly admitting that it's not really that good. It's like just pretty mediocre, but for whatever reason you like it and you know you shouldn't. Uh exactly. No comment. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. You might see my cat felt bad for me. He had to give me a little boob. Because he's like, that jazz over there's being a son of a bitch. Trying to defend Burger King. I thought cats love Burger King. I mean, that's something that they say, right? No, Justin, because if you fed a cat Burger King, the fucking animal department should come take your cat away because you're a terrible person. I would never feed my fat boy right here Burger King, would I? No, because I love you. No oh boy. I wouldn't even feed Burger King to my worst enemy, Justin. <laughs> what? And Burger King is my worst enemy, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Just you can have it your way there, Stellan. Just tell him to cook it the way you want it cooked. What good? I've never fucking had it my way there once, Justin. <laughs> Damn. Man, I guess there's no convincing you, man. Yeah, because I have standards. And you have Burger King. I hope that makes you I'm feel dirty. I'm going to blindfold you one day, and I'm going to go, this is a Whataburger, and you're going to eat it and go, it's pretty good. And I'll go, ha, it's Burger King. Justin, and- if you think there is a fucking universe in this whole goddamn multiverse that I don't know the fucking difference between Whataburger and Burger King, you lost your goddamn mind, Justin. But what if in one of those multiverses, Burger King is good? That's the one thing that disproves string theory. <laughs> the possibility of Burger King's good somewhere. 
Damn. I'm going to get the one that to across the universe. That, uh, Whataburger ketchup on it, and you won't know, dude. You'll eat it and think it's good. You do you realize I don't put ketchup I on my burgers, Justin. <laughs> I actually Damn just it. don't eat burgers with ketchup at all. In fact, if I got a burger <laughs> with ketchup, I'd be like, uh, can I get this remade? Because I specifically ordered it without ketchup. Damn it. Gonna have to come up with another scheme, I guess. Yeah, Justin. You don't even know how to order a burger for me that I wouldn't automatically know that it's wrong. <laughs> Damn. You know also, Justin, you know how you know you don't really know the difference between the two? How? The way the onions come on a order burger and the way the onions come on a regular Whopper are two different things. I wouldn't know it just based on onion shape, Justin. I wouldn't even have to taste the fucking burger. I could look at it and tell you it was fucking Burger King over what a burger. Come on. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. You know how I know this, Justin? Burger King's ring, uh, onions come in rings. Whataburgers are chopped. Little squares. Uh-huh. Nice. Default condiments are also different. If you order a Whopper, it does not come with mustard. It comes with mayonnaise and ketchup. Order a Whataburger, default is mustard. Pickles wow. are also different. Burger King uses a flat pickle. Uh, Whataburger uses a crinkle cut pickle. Yeah, I know my difference, Justin. The buns Man. are different too. You think no, you can really fucking sneak a fucking Burger King burger by me claiming it's a fucking Whataburger? Justin, I haven't eaten at Whataburger in what, two or three years now at this point? And I still know the fucking difference just looking at it. You could put them on a counter six feet away and I could point to you and tell you which one's different. I could tell you which one's visually a Whataburger over a Burger King. And you think you could slide me by on taste? Blind taste, I'd fucking tell you the difference. Justin, I'm going to be in Texas in fucking December. You were going to do this. You're going to get a Whataburger. We're going to get a Burger King burger. We're going to blindfold me. We'll go get we'll go get burgers from several places. We'll get a Wendy's, get a Mickey D's, get a Burger King, get a Sonic, and a Whataburger. I will be able to tell you which burgers from what place. Guaranteed. Yeah, I want this we to gotta be do happening. This. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. Okay. This, this, this has to be done. We have to do this. I want to see if you can really do that. Yeah. Film it and everything. Put it online. I can tell you the difference between the burgers. And we'll we'll even make it fair. We'll do just a plain burger with mustard only. So no other condiments. So no veggies, no onions, pickles, anything. Just mustard. Because like I said, I refuse to eat a burger with ketchup. So that's why we can make it a default what I will eat. So just a plain mustard cheeseburger. And I will okay. tell you the difference on every one. You're on. You're yeah. on. I want to see ready. you do that. I want to see you do that. All right. All right. It is super late now. And I have been, I've gotten like three and a half, four hours of sleep in the last two days. Cause I worked eight hours last night. So I'm going to go to sleep for like four hours before I have to go to work tomorrow. That's fucking great. Moon Knight, a 
Fuck, we're still recording. Holy fuck shit. Why did we not stop this? I'm sorry, video people. <laughs> this is still going to be on all of it. I didn't even realize we were still recording. Okay, so I, uh, I'm out.